Warning, some members of this podcast have been known for gratuitous use of the F word. If the F word is something that offends you, fuck it, let's do this. Awesome. Hit the theme music, Doug. To all our frightfully frozen friends of Texas, my God, man, could you go through a better week than that? Don't lick the pole. Yes, Stick please. Yeah, don't don't lick the flagpole. <laughs> yes. Oh man, I, I I feel bad for him, dude. I really do. Oh, I yeah. know. I know that pain. I lived through that pain in North Carolina in 1989, and that is not being frozen. In a state where you're used to the sun shining so hot that uh, you could cook on the sidewalk is not a good position to be in. No. Especially when you're freezing to death inside. Yes. With everybody that lost power and had their pipes frozen and all that stuff, that's uh, that's never fun for anyone, yeah. no matter where you're at. It just so happens that Texas got it pretty hard. Yes, they did. And I know a lot of people out there still don't have power. Yeah. There's a friend of the show who lives out in Texas. I don't think she listens to us anymore. I think I've, <laughs> I think I've run my mouth enough to run her off. Uh huh. But uh, I was talking with her over during this past week, and she never lost power, uh, which you know, hooray for that. However, she did lose a bathroom. <laughs> her son's bathroom is uh i guess like an exterior like corner of the house right right bathroom where the sink is on an interior wall and so she had the sink steadily dripping right even though she didn't lose power and the house is still being heated uh but this was an add-on like this portion of the house was an add-on uh to the original home and so but the toilet and the bathtub were on exterior walls where if you punched a hole through it you're outside right and her son's toilet and uh, shower froze the fuck over. Oh, <laughs> shit. Where, uh, I need to check back in with her to see if it's thawed out and if she's got a uh, bidet now. Because you're seeing a lot of that, uh, you know, because it's it's warmed up in Texas and it's no longer, you know, right. 20 or 12 degrees or whatever. And there's video of just busted pipes. Uh, man, it's everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, the worst yeah. the worst ones are like in apartment complexes. Yeah, they're actually having a water shortage because. Oh yeah, of yeah, huge. Yeah, it's bro- terrible. Broken water pipes. Uh, they just go. There's oh, no yeah. like uh, you can't find the off switch. I think we actually <laughs> encountered something similar here locally to the studio. Yes. Doug, Doug <laughs> noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, check this out. I'm, yeah, I'm watching a movie. Right. Uh-huh. Um. I get up to go get something to drink. I come back in the living room. I'm like, holy shit, is it raining? And uh, so I mute the movie, and I walk out and, uh, on the front porch, and it sounded... The first thing I did, I looked up at the streetlight, because that's what I do. I look up at the streetlight to see if it's raining. Yeah. No rain. None. Sounds like a river outside. <laughs> I mean, right when I open the door, it sounds like I'm standing in front of a fucking river. And uh, yes, the water pipe right across the street. Well, right in between your house and my house. Yeah, yeah, we had a class it one rapid yeah. mm-hmm. happening uh, <laughs> right about one about st- started probably about one ten in the morning. Yeah, you came like over at about one twenty, one twenty five yeah, in the yeah, morning. Yeah, that's about the time I got uh, two yeah, was, phone calls. On yeah, my I was phone. trying to call you guys and wake you up. <laughs> hey, man, look at this shit. We it's, were sound asleep. Oh, it was yeah. it was the middle of the week. I think either Tuesday or Wednesday night. I I, I don't remember exactly when yes. it was. And um. 
It was and actually yeah, not before last, so it was Friday night. Was it? Maybe no, Thursday. It was no, Thursday. No, it was Thursday, Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday it was Thursday. Night. It was definitely Thursday during night. the work week. Yeah. Because I, I was already laying back down in bed, uh, going through my Rolodex of friends on where I could take a shit or a shower the next day. Right. Because I was like, well, it clearly isn't going to happen here for at least 24 hours. I mean... <laughs> There's a water pipe that is obviously broke the fuck off yeah, underground. Was, yeah, this so is going to take a day at the quickest to fix. So I, I after uh, after you woke me up, I was so tired. I was like, "This sucks. <laughs> Everything about this right now blows." And I'm not going to be able to take a shower for hours. I, I was not a happy man. Oh, it had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do no, with the situation. Yeah, no water. Yeah, and no I was water. just like, mother. Fucker. Our privile- privileged lives. <laughs> How quickly that shit can uh, yeah. go away and, and make you realize how much you do take for granted. And when we just had a measly water main break that was, surprisingly, right fixed yeah. in like six hours. Right. And it wasn't frozen. We weren't frozen no. when it happened. I mean, it, it was, was just age. It was cold. It was... I mean, it is. It has been cold here, but it, yeah, nothing like Texas. You no, know? no, and nothing to freeze a main water pipe uh, a few feet under the ground. It was just age, I think. I right. think it was just a time. Yes, kudos to Cancun. Yes, <laughs> for being nice and warm. <laughs> oh yeah. So and for taking Ted Cruz off our hands for a little uh, bit. That's yeah, always fun for less than twenty four hours. But you know, we'll, yeah. we'll get into we'll get into that. But. Uh, yeah, we we weren't part. We were one of the few states that wasn't affected by the winter storm. Uh, Doug, I think you even mentioned it was like what Florida, South Carolina, and Georgia. Yes, that were was it. The only states east of the Mississippi that, that weren't covered in ice. Yes, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I've lived here my whole fucking life. I know how poorly Georgia handles ice storms and well winter weather altogether. Fuck, it wasn't that long ago. I think 2011 when we made national news. Yeah, about the city freezing shut and cars being stranded on the highways yeah. and all that other shit yeah, people so, just got out of their fucking car and left yeah it was crazy there was nothing that anybody could do so from that bad situation that wasn't nearly as bad as what texas is experiencing at least the metro atlanta area got their shit together and said this can never happen again right we we must invest money and uh plows and salt trucks and ready weather whatever right, you know right. never again will this happen so hopefully texas is going through that right now yeah. well and not only are you talking about a city already ill-equipped to handle the situation you are talking about a populace extraordinarily uh you know unexperienced with that type of situation i i i've mentioned i'm pretty sure a few times i used to live in portland and um there was a, there, there was a time when um i worked in salem so, uh, from Portland to Salem, that's an hour. And, uh, so anytime that you're actually trying to drive in winter conditions, um, that hour drive turns easily into three hours. Well, there was one such night when it started snowing around, um, eight o'clock. And usually that's exactly when my office would go, okay, we think we, you should probably, go ahead and start making your way home. So about 20 minutes from my house, you have to get on a a steady incline to get onto the freeway. And by the time I had making that drive, it was about, that's, you know, 40 minutes of my drive. 
it had already gotten extremely like two, three inches of snow. And then on top of that, a layer of ice because traffic was shut the fuck down pretty much. I mean, people were not confident in their ability to drive at that point. And so you have tons of Oregonians trying to get onto a freeway with a massive incline that's iced over and most of them don't figure out in time that they can't do it. So you've got um, state-owned trucks just chilling on the side of the road waiting for the next dumbass um, not to wait for a period of time where they can get enough you know, momentum to get up the uh, incline. Yeah. And so their payment for the night was basically to um, push vehicles off of the road with their trucks. And so... You know, this is about eight or nine o'clock. I get to within five minutes of my house at around 10 o'clock. And then I stayed there until two in the morning hmm. because nobody, pretty much everybody at that point called uncle and said, I'd rather leave my car where it is. And yeah. then the authorities had to come in and basically um, help sort to- it all out. Yeah, helped to move them off to the side. So I actually did not get close to my house for until 2 in the morning, at which point I got stuck in the snow literally 500 feet from my house. Yeah. Better than five <laughs> miles from your house. Yeah, really. True story. True um, story. In defense of my local Atlantans, uh, they're shitty drivers even when the sun's out and there's no ice on the ground. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, sure. Rarely am I driving around this fair city, and I'm amazed by wonderful uh, feats of driving skill. Yes. I'm never like, holy shit, that guy really pulled that off, because there shouldn't be any moments like that, because you should just be fucking driving. Uh, It's not that hard. Pretty fucking easy. Point and go. That's it. But even when the weather's nice and it's 82 degrees, I see some of the dumbest shit Mm -hmm. on a daily... And then you couple, so what happened back in uh, 2011, whenever snow apocalypse was, obviously I wasn't traumatized by it because I was fucking home. Um, it happened to, it turned bad and it started to freeze during rush hour. Now, I don't give a fuck if you're in Alaska and you were born and raised there. You're not stopping and going on ice yeah, with no. any level of control. No. So... The only reason why it fucked Atlanta up is the roads weren't pre-treated to where sure. it would make sure that that shit didn't happen. Nobody, I don't, uh, a New Yorker wouldn't have been able to drive on that shit. Right. Uh, because Atlanta really doesn't have many Atlantans in it. Yeah, well, none of the, <clears throat> man, none of the South is prepared for this kind of shit. You know, it's not, they're not. I no. mean, you look, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, not. None of us are equipped for any kind of snow event. Yeah. Which, nor, nor which sh- doesn't really make any sense because they do happen. The yeah. shit don't go bad. I mean, what? Salt and sand? What the fuck? That shit lasts forever. You stack it up somewhere in a warehouse and you wait for it to snow. And then, yeah, then, now you can go use it. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, don't, I just don't. It's money, man. There, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it all it all comes down to the mighty dollar. Well, it, it, yeah. Is it worth it? 
is it worth it to spend all this money when this only happens once every hundred years or whatever? Yeah. Or can we spend it on racial reprogramming of our elementary <laughs> schools? You know, people and, dying, and lining the pockets of people your dying bodies. when the weather gets bad. Yeah. Or kids being, you know, <laughs> having more equitable playtime on the monkey bars. Well, let's go with the kids, obviously. Fucking morons. But since then, Atlanta, they were so embarrassed on an international stage. I mean, that was international news. You know, the largest city in the southeast of the United States. It was, was amazing. Was it was brought amazing. to its knees yes. by half ice. an inch yeah. of ice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it hasn't happened since because, and you'll see it, anybody that comes through Atlanta, if you drive through the major interstate system around Atlanta at every major uh, I, I guess cross section yeah. of interstates. There's a huge DOT outpost. Yes, that's just for winter events, and you know it, it took that level of getting caught with your pants down before they were ready to make a plan. Well, for see, it. and that's like Texas now, man. They're gonna. I mean, you look at it's the first time in history the whole state of Texas froze and recorded you know weather history or whatever yeah that's crazy that's insane yeah yeah no they mm-hmm. had a tough a lot, go of, of, a lot of first time events happened in the past 10 years man a lot of a lot of first time things have happened a lot and you know i'm not gonna get into the whole climate change shit but yes it is changing but uh there's it's there's no way there's no way to know which way it's going you know? No, it's it getting mountain? hotter. It's, it's getting, getting colder. colder. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. What it, it's it, definitely changing. It is doing that, but you know, I here's mean, what I've seen. If it doesn't rain for too long, it's climate change. If it rains too much, it's climate change. If it gets too hot, climate change. If it gets too cold, climate change. Anything other than a perfect sunny fucking day, that's example of climate change. Yeah. I, no, I just, I just take it as uh, when I, when you look at it over time, there's definitely something going on with the climate. Yeah, and, uh, but as far as you know, I mean, is it? Are we going to be covered in ice down here in a thousand years? You know, is is Maybe. Florida and Georgia and all right? Will the ice just move further into the middle yeah, of the planet instead of being at both sides? You know, I mean, how does it work? How does the, it work? Well, I there, mean, there it, was a, I mean, uh, a study that I saw, and I, of course, I mean, <laughs> there's too many of them out there, but. Um, it showed that Arizona, for example, um, in another 30 years, uh, climate-wise, would be Portland, basically. Right. Well, they, they, and so, they, dude, there was a guy said that this part of the United States, and I've said this on this podcast before, he said it 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, saw it a long time ago, he said that Atlanta would become the new Seattle. <clears throat> when it came to climate and he was talking about the amount of rainfall and the temperatures and ever since he said that it's almost true now it's not the new seattle yet but it is heading in that direction because dude in the last 10 years you know how much fucking rain we've had we had a lot of rain we've had droughts it, and we've I had know, surpluses I, I understand i understand what you're saying yeah. but we had for the amount of rain when it did rain, yeah, it, just insane amounts of rain. So, I mean, 
something's changing. Yes, I'm not. I, I'm not the I, fucking. I'm not the tree hugger, dude. Don't get me. <laughs> don't get me on that. But I mean, I you know, it's, it, something's definitely going on when in recorded history of weather, Texas has never froze. I mean, so that's uh, something's um, going on. Yeah, I mean, parts of Texas have gotten snow. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's North always, Texas gets. Yeah, snow, they get it all the time. You know. Dallas, Texas was frozen over in 2011 right. when the Super Bowl was there. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like this is so unprecedented that I'll grant you this. No, it's Austin and places like that. That's what. Sure, it, sure. It, it doesn't freeze there. I see it as the amount of time that the Earth has had humans on it. Not right. not the entire time that the planet has been here, because you're talking about multiple ice ages and the reversal of the the poles and all. It, right. Shit that humans couldn't even fathom right, if it right, happened sure, right now. Right. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> floods and dra- all the the Sahara was a rainforest right. at one time, um, but just during the time that the humans have been here, the uh, amount of that time that we've been recording the weather mm-hmm. is a blink of yeah, our no, eye. No, I know, I understand. Well, I, that. I do find it funny the disparity uh, between you know what they choose to release about human involvement, which I do support that we do have involvement in the climate change. Yes, I agree However, with that. However, uh, resolving the situation where this is a matter of course as well. I mean that I've. It, this is like the San Andreas kind of uh, argument where it's like, oh, it's been due or Yellowstone argument. It's been due that that's going to blow its top. It's kind of like that's what they keep on saying about the Ice Age. We're due for an Ice Age. We're due for everything bad because yeah. we're living now and I hope that we're important enough to be able to see the end of times. It's an obsession with thinking sure. that we're going to see something grand because our presence is happening now. I, I If... I will not say that humans are contributing because I've seen. No, I can't say that either. I, I can't. I, I can't. But one thing that I can I can't say that it's proven. You know, I mean, everybody claims that it's proven, but I. No, I it's not. I, I will say. No, I mean, a lot of people, they do. They claim that it's proven fact that yep. humans and, are doing shit. And what I will say definitively is that is not proven because there's plenty of shit that says otherwise. Therefore, like how we're talking about this a week after Stone's on. <laughs> that's fine but let me get this out as long as there's scientists out there that they claim that they're proving otherwise right then that by definition means that it's not proven one way right right and that's all i'm saying now whether or not humans are having a role or playing a role i i i won't even go i, I don't believe that but i kind of hope we are because if the earth is sliding to a more cooler climate, I sure the fuck hope that we're burning every fossil fuel possible to keep this bitch as warm as possible for as long as possible. Right, right. Because if it gets cold, we're all dead. Yeah, well, there's if arguments it warms, on both sides, too. If there. it warms up, more places are now, uh, you know, uh, farmable. Right. You know, the level of plant matter increases. The Your ability to grow crops increase like the warming isn't a bad thing it's the cooling that will kill everybody losing a few miles of fucking shoreline as crazy as that sounds is the best case scenario if we're talking about a global climate change right and getting to your point there 
there's arguments on both sides. Mm-hmm. There's scientists that say, yes, there's climate change and an ice age is coming. Yeah. And there's there's scientists that say, yes, there's climate change and it's going to be the Sahara. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like it, there's extremes on both sides. That's why the science you can't trust. No. Now, if there was because they a, don't know, they're just making if, educated exactly, guesses. Exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. It's a hypothesis. That's exactly what it is. It's, <laughs> it's a theory. I hope you I know, don't live long a, enough to see the conclusion. It, yeah. Because yeah. both of them are bad. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. They are. They're terrible. <laughs> but I mean, you know. So hopefully we find we're we're right somewhere in the middle of that. You know, you talk about man-made climate change, dude. There is nothing that men can do to the entire planet that one volcano won't do correct I mean, uh, uh, one volcano out of all the existence of time that man has been pumping shit into the atmosphere yeah one volcano will do the same fucking thing or a meteor yeah yeah i mean yeah. there's so many other ways to get wiped <laughs> off this planet that i'm not concerned whatsoever with man-made climate change because there's already proof of what has happened before us yes uh like the ice ages you know floods and all this other stuff that the humans weren't even fucking here for so and i'm not saying that that immediately means that man can't affect the climate what i will say in a more uh up to the minute right now thing is that they've already said that we've reached our level of co2 that is over the tipping point years ago so there's nothing that we can do it's already set in motion you know, this whole idea, though, that there's now only nine years left before the world ends, that's fucking <laughs> bullshit. That's AOC and the Green New Deal people uh, just being fucking retards. Well, the, I, ju- I find it hilarious. The one stre- extreme or the other has to be the answer when more times than not, it's nestled neatly right there in the middle. Yeah, and what it really is, arguments. what it really is, is that if man is contributing to climate change with our emissions and all this other shit that we're supposed to believe uh there's nothing that we can fucking do to stop it no there's not because anything and everybody is starting to get a little hip to this idea as we move into a more global uh world order the globalist the u.s makes up for less than i think 15 percent of the world's pop or uh, pollution and we've already done everything that modern science has uh to try to negate that with um, vehicle emissions uh reusable material green spaces you know people are putting plants on their fucking roofs uh which i'm fine with because you know that 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 helps me in a certain way i'm not poo-pooing it what i'm saying is is all the great things that we're doing here doesn't doesn't stop the bad if man is creating climate change because of what's happening in all the other industrialized but not yet first world uh, countries, India and China. If if your major contributors aren't even thinking twice about this green initiative, then all we're doing is just walking on a treadmill. We're going well, this nowhere. Is, this is one thing that I'll uh, I will side with the Democrats on their position and for a completely different reason than what people think uh, of, of what most people are siding with them on the green, you know, yeah, this is the way I look at it. Anything that we can do to keep us from, uh, from chemicals that are dangerous is a good thing. 
like electric cars, anything that keeps me from putting gas in my car every day. And you never know, one day somebody thumps a cigarette and you're done. If we can move to more of a, I call it a smart way of doing things yeah. instead of poking holes in the ground and pumping oil out that is depleting. We're depleting the oil. And so when that shit runs out, that's it. It's game on. You got natural gas and shit like that. But I mean, to get the natural gas to frack, you know, to fucking cause earthquakes and all, all the shit that they're doing right now Mm -hmm. to keep this shit going is not working. It's not. I ain't no tree hugging Democrat liberal. Uh, That's not, that's not what I'm saying. I believe that the reason that they're on the right side of it is the things that are going to come out of this. You understand what I'm saying? Like the ideas, the ideas that are out there, it's, it's almost like going to the moon. When you release all this money, even if it's government money, our money, whatever, whatever the fuck, when you release all of that to companies that are so-called green, mm-hmm. um, they're only making things safer and better for everyday people. That's my take on it. You know, I'm not sure we've all been burning gas in our vehicles our entire life. I'm not freaking out about that. I'm not like, oh, I got to quit putting gas in my car in five years or I'm going to die. Well, if you're in California, that that is a true story. But that's what I'm saying. (laughs) When when You've got it so divided that you've got these one set of people that are so freaked out. They think the planet's going to fucking end in 10 years. And then you got this other side that's like, oh, no, let's just keep pumping and fracking and neither one of those ideas are right neither one of them are right but somewhere in the middle which is where i'm at is right so and i'm kind of where you're at where except i'm totally fine with fracking putting uh more holes in the earth and getting oil out if it's there let's fucking use it while at the same time let's uh, do R&D on alternative methods so that once that's gone, but don't stop one no, to yeah, then yeah. fully go into another. Yeah, you can't do sure. that. You can't. And because that's that's what's happening now is knee-jerk reactions yes. where they're saying, I believe in the hype, therefore we must immediately stop this right. because we are killing the planet, right. thinking that George Carlin has the best bit on y- yes. on Earth Day yes. and, and, and the, and the green people uh, of all time. To, to think so highly of yourself that humans can stop this planet from existing yeah. is some of the most self-important douchebaggery right. of all mm-hmm. time. Yeah. To think, just to think that way. So, but if you think that way and you're told something's bad, the first natural, and it's a natural reaction for that mindset, is to say, we must stop right now. Yeah. Do yep. no more damage whatsoever. But what they're not able to see is that that's also a huge negative harm and something that they did see in texas when uh going back to this texas thing and i know the way that it's been covered to me is just dead ass wrong every every way that i've seen it looked at is just incorrect you know texas's power going out had nothing to do with wind turbines yeah, yeah, absolutely nothing. No, yeah. now, That's now, not, now uh, all, all of the green energy in Texas only accounts for 10% of their energy. 25% of uh, their power, uh, at least was supposed to come from these windmills. Right. And that, and yes. solar accounts for, I think, but like that's not 6%. True. That's not true. 
I'm well, just saying. A- I'm just saying the green thing as yeah. a whole. Look it up <laughs> in Texas. All of the green energy put together yeah. is only ten percent of the energy that's used in Texas. Okay. Well, I know that's, that. I know that in 2005, Republican Governor Rick Perry, <laughs> Trump's former initi- uh, energy secretary, right. who everybody was freaking out about, like yeah. he's from Texas. He's right. a, he's gonna love oil too much. It's like, did you see what he did when he was in Texas? He made Texas. Like the number one green state, right? Uh, as far as investment, yes, and all this other shit. So yeah. maybe pipe the fuck down yeah. and stop thinking that he's Republican. Therefore, he's all of this and none of that. That's that line of thought has to fucking stop. That's that's the same idea of well, if coal's bad, we must shut it down right, immediately. Right. It, it's stupid binary thinking. Uh, he signed um, uh, into law that in 2005 that that 25 percent of Texas's power would come from wind and solar. Right. He signed it in 2005 to come to go into effect 2015. Right. As we all know, if it's the government, you're not going to get the results that you're <laughs> no. shooting for. It's going to time that you It's going to it's going to miss the target. Yes, it's definitely going to miss. But they did invest all that money and the result of that was that they did pull three coal power plants offline. Right. Now when the windmills stop turning, you still need those to make up for the slack that those aren't going to be producing. Right, right. That's just normal. Sure. Right. If you're going to transition, that means having a little bit of both until one can stand on its own. Right. And they didn't do that. Right. And that's that's just government in a nutshell that just so happens to be in Texas. But it's not all the windmills' fault. And it's not deregulating or the deregulation of Texas's power grid and it being totally separate from the rest of the country. That had nothing to do with it. It was an ice storm, you stupid fucks. It's oh, when ice... Uh, that's never been recorded in the history of us. Well, even if uh, it was recorded so every other year, no, if I you know, don't I'm prepare saying, for it, yes. the physical components of an ice storm means your power lines are coming down. Right. And your walls are going to freeze and your pipes are going to freeze because your walls yeah. freeze. Yeah. But and I, the way that I've been seeing it covered is, uh, oh, it's because there's too much deregulation in Texas. What do you, what regulation can you cite that would have stopped what the fuck just went down in Texas? There isn't one. Right. Other than Texas needs to have a power grid to the same winter standards as Vermont. Right. And that's just a dumb way to spend your money. All right. It's just not when smart. It, when it only happens once in the history of... Yeah, once in a generation. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. So it's like... That's my point this, in all this. This was literally a perfect storm yeah. for this level of bad shit to happen. It's, it's nothing more than that. And, and Ted Cruz... Going to Cancun. I'll <laughs> that say was, that was just I'll precious. Say, I'll say this: uh, Was it a smart move optically? No. But would it, I have done it? Of course, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fucking cold, man. Let's go to Mexico. Okay. And if if he would have stayed, tell me what tell me what he would have done. All right. What the fuck does a senator have to do about getting a state's power grid back up and running? I'll give you the answer. None. Nothing. Nothing. Not a goddamn thing. Ted Cruz would have sat there shivering right next to you, and you'd have been like, well, do something. He couldn't. Yeah, but it's just political. That's politics. Yeah. Right? That's, po- and, it's, that's purely politics. And that's right why there. I wanted to been- cut through the Texas story, because right. nobody's covering it um, objectively. Right. Right. As a- I, d- I don't give two fucks he went to Mexico. And I, I know some people, well, Jim, weren't you railing against Nancy Pelosi when she went and got a haircut and Gavin Newsom when he went to a restaurant? It's totally different. Totally fucking different. Because Ted Cruz wasn't saying you shouldn't leave the state when it gets cold. 
Or no, if you're if you're frozen in your home, you must stay there. He didn't say that. Right. He wasn't breaking any rules. He was doing something very shittily in a very public way. Yes. That <laughs> at the wrong time. That optically he deserves <laughs> he deserves all the ridicule because it was a very dumb fucking move it to was. make. That was a that was that was brilliant, Ted. Yeah. I mean you're <laughs> man, you're on a roll, dude. <laughs> Keep going. I don't know. Optically, though, I think you can easily make that mistake regardless. I I do understand it's close to home. It's in the state in which he represents. However, it's like, oh, I go on vacation, but it's during a time that people don't have the relief that they need from COVID financially. You know, you could change the optics to fit your narrative any way you actually want to. And the weather is kind of a stupid scapegoat. Well, here's the thing. If you don't like the guy, him staying behind and handing out water and food and or money ain't going to change that. You're going to say, look at him. He's pandering. It's a photo op. Look at this asshole trying to capitalize on this bad situation. If it's a no-win situation, fuck yeah, go to Cancun. And in fact, send back selfies of you getting <laughs> shit-faced on the beach. I don't give two fucks. Right. If you're going to do something, <laughs> own it. Yeah. Don't yeah. come back 24 hours later yeah. and then and then, then for the photo op. Yeah. Uh, a comedian uh, on Twitter or a comedian went to Twitter to have the best take on this, uh, or at least the funniest take that I've seen this week. It is one Tim Dillon, and he tweeted a couple days ago, you have to respect the Bushes because they got involved in narco trafficking, human trafficking, arms dealing, etc. But you know... Barb would have been like, we're not getting on that plane (laughs) because they understand optics. Right. I don't think Ted Cruz is involved in narco trafficking, human trafficking or or arms trafficking. He might be. Who knows? I just don't know. But it's just a funny thing to see Barbara Bush. George, (laughs) we're not getting on that plane. We're not getting on that plane. You know how easily we're going to be torn apart if we fucking leave the country? I say this. I say he... He was seeking asylum in another country because he was being persecuted by the weather. And Mexico opened their arms. Isn't that what we seek to be? Ted was just showing us the example that uh, of what we all need to do. Yeah, he well, might I mean, have been feeling ashamed for his whiteness. So he had to <laughs> well, escape. Well, he's, to... he's Cuban. He's so... Cuban. Oh, well. There's no different than... Okay, even better. He was a person <laughs> of color being stricken down by the white weather... And so he had to seek asylum in Cancun, the most fucking <laughs> high school spring break. Uh, it's it's just so that's out half of, of Florida out dude. of all of Mexico. Half Cancun. of Florida is <laughs> people that were living in New York got fucking caught in a snowstorm and fuck this. Let's go to Florida. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it's that's a human reaction. I think the Ted Cruz You're stories freezing your balls off. Yeah, go somewhere warm. I think the Ted Cruz story is the funniest shit to come out of this whole Texas thing. Well, you know, he fucked up. Anytime he's a politician like, steps in it this blatantly, and he is so fun, like so I, much fun for like me. Like I said, he's on a roll, man. He yeah. is. He's on a roll. Uh, there's a lot of politicians stepping in it uh, this week, but anyway, um, yeah, T's and P's out to everyone in Texas. I, I last time I heard, they had I think like 44 deaths because of this, and I can't imagine freezing in your home in your own home. Uh, sounds hellacious like it really fucking sucks so i know we have listeners in the great state of texas so we've been thinking about you yeah we have been laughing at your senator and we will continue to do so yes because he is an idiot 
Well, and trust <laughs> I can't us. believe you voted for him. <laughs> trust us when we say that if we are laughing at your misfortunes, though, uh, certainly we'll laugh at our own at some point as well. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and let's be honest. The only reason why Texas is getting the news coverage that it has gotten is not because it's unique in the power outages and the bad weather sure. and people dying. The only re- or <laughs> there's two reasons why Texas is getting uh, the news that they're getting, and both of them are political. One of them is Ted Cruz doing what he did. Well, that's obviously political. He's a political figure. And the other one is is that we all know that Texas is transitioning blue and is up for grabs probably in the next couple of elections to flip from Repu- a Republican stronghold to a Democrat stronghold. That's the only reason why you're seeing it. You're not hearing about Mississippi, which had over a quarter million people still without power uh, as of yesterday. You're not hearing about Oregon that had over 300,000 people still without power as of just a couple of days ago. You're not hearing about Kentucky with over 100,000. You're not hearing about all these other places. Right. No, I know. The whole U.S. is, is frozen. They, I mean, that's like it's, they, they had, were the only three states. They had rolling blackouts in 14 states yeah. because of this yeah. storm. Yeah. And you're not hearing about any of that that's shit. That's because we live in the three of the states that didn't affect. I well, mean, no, I'm, I'm saying yeah, right. nationally, right, the right. only reason why you're getting focused on Texas is it literally was a perfect storm. Yeah. Yep. You had windmills freezing to death. Yes. You had... Uh, Ted Cruz jumping ship, going to a different <laughs> yeah, fucking country. Yep, yep. Uh, and and you have a transitioning state, and so that's why you're going to have everybody sink their teeth into this and cover it incorrectly. And we're here to laugh at the funny parts and try to give you a little bit of a nuanced take on it. I will. I, I will say one thing about Ted Cruz. What you got? He is a shit for leaving his dog at home in that frozen fucking house. He left his dog. Now, did they not have power? No, there was no power in the house in Texas. Mm. That's why they left. And his fucking, he left his dog there with an assistant to feed the dog. But the house is still freezing. So the dog's in his freezing house. That's a shit move there, Ted. I'm surprised he didn't have power. You got a fucking dog. That's your buddy, man. What the fuck, dude? I would never leave any animal behind in any of that shit a fucking hurricane any if you th- this is th- those are the kind of people that have animals that should not have animals in his defense if i can play devil's advocate go ahead would it not be better to leave a dog freezing in texas than to take it to cancun because <laughs> I'm, i mean oh uh. and Continue. No, no, it's just a question. You know, I don't know if the dog has a passport. I don't think it's legal. (laughs) I think you're more making the argument about its presence in the cuisine. (laughs) You know, it'll be a fucking drug mule for some cartel before Ted even gets that. Was a shit move, though. That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You know, you know, if you're gonna just trying to bring a little levity to the situation, I know what you're saying. But if you're gonna get an animal, if you're gonna get have a dog, a cat. A fucking raccoon. You go I don't down give a fuck what it is. You go down with the ship. That's man. it, man. You take them with you. They're a member of the family. You know, I if, totally if agree with that. Yeah. To me, they are. You know, I mean, that's just the way I've. Oh, I, feel I would murder it. a man if if but uh, if he was threatening the life of my dog. Right. Without question. Right. Without even hesitation. I would and, end that human life. Uh, yeah. Over over an animal. Dog's yeah. life. And and it's and you know and it that tells you something about animals, man. About what we see in animals. About what certain people see in animals. You know, we see in animals, hey, man, this dude's 
better than half my friends. Yeah. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? I yeah. mean, he, he's, now, he's, you know, I mean. Now, can my furry little best friend clear out a room yeah, no, after, after yeah. he has dinner? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but you know what? So. It's a sign of endearment. <laughs> he's a dog. <laughs> you have to remember, he's a dog. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as companionship and being loyal and waiting for you, no matter what the fuck you do, man, you have no friends that will do for you what your dog will do for you. I agree. You don't. And animals don't get that respect. And that is a sin. Now, <laughs> it is a sin now in this where, country. Where I like to, or I don't really like to, I'm actually kind of bewildered by it, is the, the fighting, the infighting between pet owners, between cat people and, and, and dog, dog people. Because yeah. I got a friend of mine <laughs> who is in all other terms, otherwise outside of a uh, pet denomination, a very reasonable man. But he is very unreasonable when it comes to the ownership of dogs because he thinks he, he's a cat supremacist. He thinks <laughs> that cats are supreme to dogs because they do not need your affection or love and they're independent, they're independent and they yeah. can survive without you right. and they don't need you, but they come around only to show you that they're appreciative when it's, when it's their decision, therefore, you know, they're, they're independent or whatever. And I'm like, I own this thing. I want it to be dependent on me. I don't want to own uh, a pet that doesn't need me. It's like, well, fuck, fuck you. Go outside. And see, I don't get that either because (laughs) I love cats and I respect cats. But in a different way, cats are assholes. Yes. They are. They are. As far when it comes to an animal, you don't want to rely on your cat. You put <laughs> They're not reliable. Yeah, They're not reliable. You don't want to rely on your cat for anything. You don't want to rely on your cat to come to you when he calls his name. Hey, you look, there's I mean? no C&I cats. Yeah. There's no cat out there saving lives. Right. So that's <laughs> There's the, a few taking lives. Though. That's the difference is reliability and loyalty. Yeah. A cat will go, will tell you to fuck off. And leave at a heartbeat. Oh, daily. A dog won't do that to you. A no. dog, you can yell at a dog, and they will they will feel bad yeah. <laughs> that you yelled at them, and they will lick your face and whatever they can to try to make... That ain't a cat. That's Here's not a cat. Here's my curiosity, and that actually, y'all probably tell me, because I really don't know. I know for the fa- for a fact, if you leave a dead body in a house with... Cats uh, eating it. Yeah. 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 Cats are yeah, going to fucking eat it. Eyeballs first. Yeah. yeah. What now, about dogs? Dogs now they will lie by you yes for weeks yes if you if you, until they're happened, until that, they're basically starving right and they right. might nibble off a finger yeah but they're not they're not ripping your throat out <laughs> there was a I remember uh, I can't remember when this happened this it was a long time ago but an elderly lady mm-hmm. died in her house and when they found her it had been I think it was sixty one days mm-hmm. and when they found her. The dog wouldn't let them near her. Yeah. And they had to get these animal people in there to, to take care of the dog so they could get to her. Yep. And they estimated she had been in there for 61 days. Yeah. And that dog it's still has been laying there dead for 61 days, and that dog still wouldn't let anybody in the room with Yeah. Him. If you go that down. That is an amazing thing. If you, if you go down for more than six hours next to a cat, you're lunch. I mean, yes. they don't give a fuck. Right. You, yeah. You're meaningless to them. Yes. Now I grew up with cats. I'm I'm not I'm not opposed. I know I might be coming off a little anti-cat, but I'm not. I'm totally not. Yeah. I am now a dog person. As far as 
I grew up with only cats as pets. We had a dog when I was younger, but the thing kept running away. And we just decided uh, an indoor cat. And also, after our, all of our outdoor cats got run over by our fucking neighbors repeatedly, right? Uh, we just decided, okay, indoor cat. That seems like a higher probability of shit not going bad. Um, yeah, they're total assholes. But I mm-hmm. loved my cats. Like, with everything, because... Believe it or not, I'm kind of a compassionate person when it comes to animals. Um, I might not come across on this podcast all the time, but that's gro- my point. Growing up a cat person, I totally understand why people like cats and love cats and have sure. cats their whole life. Totally get it. Yep. You don't even have to talk me into it. But to think that they're superior to dogs is just, to me, I have to ask, have you ever had a dog? Yeah. Because yep. I am now a dog only person. Like if a straight cat were to just come hang out at the house and never leave i would adopt the fuck out of it. right mm-hmm. but i'm still gonna have a dog because right. to me dogs are just uh they're just they're playful they're bigger they're fun you can wrestle with them yeah and and they they take care of you in a way that i i haven't experienced with cats like i said you don't see cni cats and you know, when you think of therapeutic animals, the first thing that comes to mind is like a yellow lab or a golden retriever, you know, a dog. So I have a bigger soft spot. In I've my always for dogs. loved watching my dogs play with my cats because yeah. my cats are always, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the dog's like, hey. you know, he's like, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I think my personality caters more to probably having a cat, but it's not because I prefer cats. It's more or less, yeah, I mean, I, I do um, enjoy the fact that you don't have to. They're less maintenance. Mu- exactly. Way less maintenance. They're uh, next to wait, no maintenance. Dude, dude, yeah. Yeah, you can give them. Uh, I remember when we had only cats. This was before we got our first dog, which was my first dog ever, because we had cats for years, just, just cats. We'd give them the all-you-can-eat buffet. We could take off for two weeks. Two clean litter boxes and an all-you-can-eat buffet, and we could take off. Yeah, and be fine. Cats would be fine. Now Can't that do is that with a dog. That is a negative with cats. Is yes, I mean the good thing is you can leave town, right. And they're and they're fine, right. The bad news is is when you're in town with them, you have them shitting and pissing in your house. Yes, it's in a controlled area. It's, yes, it's in a box, but you still have to deal with that. Yes, now. You know, conversely, if you live in a city and you live with a dog, you got to get up. You got to take them out. They got to do their business outside. You know, they can't do it inside. And then you got to pick it up. And to me, if I lived in a city, I'd be, I'd have a cat. I would not have a dog. Right. Yeah. And plus, I, personally, having a dog in a city, like in an apartment, I think it's just cruel. They need a yeah. yard. They yeah. need a yard to run around yeah, in. They need, yeah. And that's a personal decision thing. Like I said, if I lived in a concrete box in an urban center, I would not have a dog. Well, I would not be so. Uh, well, I don't. I don't want to go too far down this path. Oh, I, I just wouldn't. Ha- I would have a cat because they're well, easier. Yeah. But differently, to me, at least, if you live out in the burbs, dogs are way easier than cats. Because for me, I never have to deal with shit. Buddy knows. Hey, when it's time to go, I go to the back door. Open the door. I open the door. <laughs> he does his thing. He doesn't do it like. Right at the top step. Right. He he's a gentleman. Right. He goes out yeah. to the yard. He goes up against the the fence on for far corners. He doesn't right. want to shit. And, and also, I think that I know this doesn't have anything to do with it, but I'm going to take a little credit. I put his food bowl right next to the back door. 
So that's the last thing he remembers when he goes outside to take a shit is like, oh, I got to get away from where I eat. Let me go to the furthest extent of the yard to poo. And so shit is, I don't deal well, with Well, and bar, with poo. bar none, uh, I would prefer being in a dog owner's house as opposed to a cat owner's house because pretty much as soon as you make your way into a cat person's house, you know they're there. You can smell it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how we got on this. Oh, I, I brought up my buddy who has had vicious back and forth attacks defending, not even giving an inch, saying, oh, no, I get it. He's like, I don't understand how you have such a subservient animal um, in your presence at all times. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you're their master. That's how funny. degrading is that for the dog to need a master? Right. And I'm like... Okay. Bye. I mean, to the credit, I mean, there is something a lot more rewarding about the fact that you have to fight for a cat's affection as opposed, or as opposed to you automatically, in most times, I think get that, it from your canine. And that's why I think I like Charles. Because, I, like I said, I started with a cat. Yeah. I've had cats for years. And when I was a kid, I always wanted a chow, you know, because I, just how they look so cool. But after having chows, they, I, I prefer them. I mean, because they are just like a cat. You have to earn shit from a chow. Oh, yeah. They're not going to give up that, that like any other dog, like the dog we have now. I mean, the pony, man, he'll, he'll lay down for anything. Yeah. You know, nah, not those chows. <laughs> those chows were, I mean, you know, the, the male was... He was he was a sweetie. He was a sweetheart, but the female boy that she was all she chow. never warmed up to me. Yeah, and the twelve plus years, yeah. fourteen plus, I don't even a lot of fucking years over a decade. Yeah. yeah, of me living next door and coming over almost daily. She never. She was like, no, nope, no, nope, you still don't get Not the pass happen. from me, and I respected <laughs> that. Almost, uh, you know, if I have a fault with any of the dogs I've had is that they're, they're too open. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They didn't bite a single motherfucker. Anytime I had anybody come in right, my house, right. not one. Now, as far as lawsuits go, couldn't be happier, <laughs> but as far as having like a protector, yeah. Hey man, I don't know. Make them think you might. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and see, that's don't the thing just about go up and start licking them uh, automatically. And that's the thing about chows. They only bond with very few people. Uh, very few. And I mean, all the child books will tell you this. And you have to socialize them immediately. When they're a little puppy, you have to take them around other little puppies or have to take them around big dogs and stuff. And because if you don't, they'll never <laughs> like dogs. You, and, won't, you won't break them with that. Yeah. Even if you socialize them with people. Well, in my experience, they only attach to the people that they know. Yeah. And anybody else is. I All mean, yeah, it doesn't matter who it is. Hell, our roommate, he lived here, literally lived here. <laughs> and uh, every day, every day I knew when he would wake up to go to work because Leela would be at his door yeah. just, <laughs> I mean, going the fuck <laughs> off. And uh, every day, the whole time, and I, and he put up with it. I, to, to his credit, you know, he put yeah. up with that shit. But because uh, a lot of people couldn't, you know, but. She was, man, I, I, I tell you, it, when it comes to animals or when it, when it comes to dogs, chows are much like cats. Yeah. I will say that because I have a lot of experience with both. As far as a dog goes, a chow 
is it was the, the closest I've seen to a cat as far as independent. Don't give a fuck. <laughs> You've seen me, man. I've had to go in the yard and pick her up yeah. so many times because Listen she to wouldn't me. come. <laughs> yeah. She wouldn't come to me, you know? <laughs> and it was like, um, you know, and, and, you know, our dogs now, you call them, they come right to you, you know? So, oh, yeah. And I'm not used to that. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not used to having a dog where you, you call it and it does exactly what you told <laughs> like, it to do, you know? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you know? I think this one's broken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm not used to that. So, But I think, I think by and large, in generalities, dogs are more compassionate than cats. Yes, they are. Sure. And I think that uh, you, can, you can be an asshole and own a cat. Cat's going to be fine. But I, I do think you you have to be a compassionate person to own, own a, dog. a dog. Yes, yes, because I agree they with that. do require yeah. a higher level of interaction and care. Right, and sure. you got to spend time with them and train them and yeah. socialize them and all yep. that stuff. Yep. There's nothing worse than a fucking dickhead that owns a dog, <laughs> because they will turn that dog into a shithead. Right, and there's nothing worse than a shithead dog. And and you'll see it a lot, uh, or not a lot, but you do you will come across it. Where people just don't respect dogs at all. They don't see them as pets, uh, and they're just chained up in the yard. Right. And and, and that and that is the, that, the like I said, those are the people that like I Ted would... Cruz, like Ted Cruz. <laughs> man, get get rid of your poodle, dude. Come on, man. That dog. I saw I saw a picture of that dog freezing his ass off. Uh, yeah, you, you don't leave your animals behind, man. You don't do that. No. That was a, that was my point in this whole yeah, sure. thing. But I, I did see I did see a funny video uh, of somebody in Texas that had a husky first of all you're a fucking asshole for having a husky in texas that husky was low <laughs> dude they couldn't get the husky to come inside i bet they couldn't yeah. <laughs> that dog was laying outside uh-huh for out, the, the video just them kept going back outside and checking is the dog still here dog was just laid out yeah. just loving it yeah just like i'm good dude yeah. in yeah. fact <laughs> just go back in man yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll sleep out here the just look go. The yeah. look from this dog was so like, <laughs> what the fuck do you need? <laughs> like, yeah. To have an animal like a husky in Texas, when it snows, that's got to be the best mind fuck. Yeah, the dog's ever. probably yeah. like, like, I didn't know this was possible. Yeah. 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 What is this? This was in my DNA. It almost feels like I was born for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. In related news, the dog went out and invested all its money the next day into fossil fuels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, fuck Ted Cruz. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, yay for dogs. Speaking of dogs and people that are getting a lot of high pub for being dog owners... Our uh, our president apparently has two two dogs. I've been hearing nonstop about German shepherds. That yes. is, huh? Major. You know, you know who? You know who else had German shepherds? Not at all. That was a leader of the nation. <laughs> uh, yeah. I uh, uh, do remember. <laughs> I seem to remember a European fella. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. an artist. Um, <laughs> Somebody who was threatened by his uh, own heritage and decided to kill off that heritage well, in mass numbers. I think our president is is scared of his heritage and is trying everything to not be um, what he once was. He's he's going through a transformation. Some call it some call it dementia, um, but I say he's just giving it his best. He's just giving it his best, and it's quite entertaining to see. They had a town hall uh, this past, I guess, weekend or this past week where members of the audience were coming up and asking questions about things that 
they're they're concerned with, or at least that's what we're supposed to believe. They were handed a card and said, "Go read this," and uh, maybe old Joe will muster together a response. And he was asked a question about, "What are you going to do about the vaccine rollout?" Because right now, it's disproportionately negatively affecting uh, people of color and in that community around our country. And Joe tries to identify the main cause for this disparity. And I have it right here. I'll play it no. for you. A lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in the community, the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use, know how to get up to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccine. What so, did he say? So if you couldn't hear it, because it, <laughs> it is a shitty recording off my phone of the TV, his response to why the the vaccine rollout isn't getting all the way out to the, the minority communities, it's because Hispanics and African Americans in both rural and urban settings, which is basically the entire country. So we're just talking about all blacks and all Hispanics don't know how to get online. Uh, they, they don't know how to use the internet to, uh, you know, they just don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. They get on there and they just get all confused. Like what, what's all this stuff on this uh, box that I'm looking at? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it's more like they don't want to take a shot of something <laughs> that they don't know what the fuck's in it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's yeah. that. You ever think about that, old Joe? Uh, that, I, that's what I. That's what I've got. That's the question that I've got for a lot of. And it's scary. This this vaccine is scary. Yeah, it is. Um, all the people that are taking it, and my wife has said she's going to take it, and that scares me. And I don't want to talk her out of taking it. Yeah, you know, I mean, if she feels like she needs to take it, take it. But at the same time, I do want to talk her out of taking it because it, they, they keep saying that the biggest problem is going to be getting people to trust the vaccine. Well, yes, mm -hmm, of course you did it, it in a year. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm not, I mean, what you do, you've got drugs that they worked on for 20 years. It's killing people every day. Well, and, you know, any, so any drug that's given carte blanche to just be like, yeah, go ahead and release this. And if you kill people, it's fine. No, you're not going to see any blowback from this. Not yeah, only, we, we got that, you covered. Not only, not only that, a free drug that they're just yeah. giving out to, yeah. you know, that's what I'm saying. That's a, it's like a mass fucking, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I I've never, in all fairness, I've never gotten a flu shot. Now I did no. get my shots when I was a kid to have to go to school. I got measles and mumps, I think, and all that kind of shit when I was a kid. But past that, uh, the only shot I've ever had was a tetanus shot. Yep, uh, when I've had I, a couple of those. When I had met, when I got cut by a piece of metal. Yeah, and I, uh, that was it. Now speaking of that, you know, all of us—if you went to a public school, you've you've had your boosters, yeah, vaccinations. vaccinations. You've you've had all that. And I was talking to a buddy of mine, who I was kind of surprised by his take. Uh, I talked to him, I think, on Thursday or Friday, and we were talking about the vaccine and how he thinks that he's already gotten sick like two or three times and his company is making him get the vaccine. And so I can understand being in a position where if you want to keep your job, you, you have to do it. this right. mentally, you're immediately going to start looking at all the reasons why that's going to be okay. Cause right. you're, 
you're either going to have to quit that job, right, or you're going to have to rationalize what you're about to do. And the easiest one to do is to rationalize why, right, why this is not only gonna happen, but it's gonna be a good thing, right. And so he and I were talking about it, and I just said, you know, I don't mind that, uh, you know, all the millions of people that are gonna take it or that have already gotten it or getting it doesn't bother me at all. I will never try to talk somebody out of taking like my parents sure. want to take yeah, it yeah that's me i'm not an uh, anti-vaxxer i'm correct. not at all i'm not correct so like my parents want to take it because they want to be able to travel right they, for them they are willing to sacrifice any possible negative outcome from taking this because they know that if they don't take it they won't be able to come visit right. family for the opportunity to travel. i totally yeah. get that yeah i i'd be happy to come to you yeah but I'm I mean, not, I mean, I'm not going to take your freedom away. So you have if, to do that uh, when you go to a foreren country. Correct. Now, you know, right. you have to get vaccinations before you go to a foreign country. So, so and this is what I, I said to my buddy. I was like, hey, look, man, get it if you want to get it. You know, I'm, I'm totally happy letting everybody who wants it to get it. I just don't want to have to get it in order to go to a concert, yeah. go to a restaurant, and those kind of things. To live your life. His sure. response was, well, you know, you already, you already got a shitload of vaccinations, you know, just to go to school. And I was like... True. However, those were all in existence for decades right. before I got them. Yes, and True. they weren't killing kids. I mean, maybe they gave them autism. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, not to mention, a- they were there to stop, prevent the spread of said disease. Right. And this is not here for that. <laughs> yeah. so, no, I know. So- it's, it's not. It's And not only that, they you can still get the disease. Yeah. But- uh, it it the, just the makes hopes, no sense. The, the claims is or so far are that y- the severity of your illness will be lessened, therefore hopefully not requiring hospitalization right. as much. Right. So it all it is is just another you know uh, slow the spread or flatten the curve via injection. Right. It's not, it's not in, a any, in any way a vaccine. Yeah. No. no. It's not in any way. It's just like you say. If they make it so you have to have it to go to a concert or anything like that, I'm done. I'm done going to concerts. I'm not I won't go to a concert again. With live streaming the way it is oh, yeah. and, and what they've gotten people used to, you know, bands like three eleven is doing a monthly series where once a month yeah. they're uh, perform their live streaming an album from performances of an album in its entirety right. with yeah. all the b-sides that came out during that time and all that right. other stuff so it's a unique opportunity it's on the internet it's not as good but they're also not playing in front of a crowd either so you're not really out of anything but you can't just log in and watch it you have to pay money they, they're making it's like a tour yeah it's a sure. it's a it's a that's the new yeah, that's, they've, that's, they've got merch yeah it's posters the new, shirts everything that is the new way for a band to make that's the only way for a band to make money so now that you have this infrastructure and this conditioning of seeing this work and knowing that it's possible i know i no longer have to be at the show i want to be at the show right but i can still witness the show in a in a manner of speaking so if if they're saying if you want to be there in person you got to get vaccinated and I just choose not to. Right. I can still see the show. Yeah. At least of the larger bands. But they're to be able to they've already made that infrastructure there. So 
you're you're losing your teeth as far as why you're making me feel like I need. Yeah, to get this, this is right. mass abuse of human rights, in my opinion. I mean, to tell me I can or can't go somewhere based on the fact it's, that I'm not buying into your vaccination, yeah. total and utter bullshit on the level of, uh, you know, the shit that was passed back after the attacks on the. Um, you know, well, um, trade centers on the yeah, yeah on the trade it's centers. Civil rights is yeah. what it is, and it's you're never going to get them back. No, yeah, right. No, you're you never going to get them back. Yeah, uh, in the way that the, what the measures they're taking now, they're never going to give those up. Oh no, the, the power yeah. that they have uh, retrieved back from the people, and a lot of people were willing to give that up. That's not ever going away, uh, or I don't see it. Going back yeah, to where no, all of a sudden they, they start putting checks in front of themselves saying, guys, we can't do what we did in 2020 ever again. I think it just got one step easier. For and that we to don't put happening. safeguards on any of this stuff to expire at any point. And if we do put those safeguards on to expire, we just nudge it forward. Yeah, a just extend bit. it. Yeah. We'll even vote on it. That's democracy. It yeah. is the government. <laughs> so, you know, get your vaccines. I don't care. Whatever. Um, I I just personally don't, and the only reason why I don't want to, or I can't really say only reason because that implies there's only one, is because like what you said, it was rushed in a year. It's to combat something that I'm totally okay with taking the risk of me getting. Sure. I'm, because no matter what, you're not getting out of this risk free. Yeah, no. There's a risk to the vac- vaccine. There's and the a risk vac- to and the-, the and the vaccine don't keep you from getting it. That, no. So what the fuck, man? I mean, yeah. what's a if you look? If it's only going to delay the inevitable, uh, bring it on. Then let's just and skip it, a step. Yeah, let's get it. Yeah, let's get it over with. Let's take the I speed mean, bumps out of this parking I'm lot. I'm not gonna. Uh, you, you know, I'm not gonna get a shot every year for the rest of my life uh, to keep me from. No. I, I mean, it's. I, I don't know. Like I said, I never took a flu shot. I mean, I've, Me I've yeah. never, I've never taken a flu shot. I mean, I know a lot of people that do every year. My, I remember my dad used to take it every year, you know, and I, and he used to tell me, you need to go get the flu shot. Oh, that's okay, Dad. I'm good. I'm, I'm <laughs> I mean, good. I understand if you are working in the medical fields that that's probably something you might want to do. Just, you know, decreasing the possibility of you catching even a portion of a strain of a virus, probably good thing. However, that's all that you are doing. You are maybe at best um, stopping a person's ability of having that disease maybe giving them a 10% of a better shot than they would have had previously. Sure. And not, and and to all of your points, after seeing what we've seen, you know, with the, the hypocrisy of the politicians, you right. know, going to get their hair done, uh, going to restaurants, making all these mandates, but also not living up to it. They don't believe it's that bad. So you're going to, you're not going to get me to really think it's, as bad as you're telling me it is based on your own actions. So I can't really get on board with that. But even if I did think it was that bad, I still wouldn't listen to you when you have examples like governor Cuomo in New York that Mm. is making the decisions that he was making last summer that even in real time when it was happening, while he was being applauded and being nominated for Emmys and writing fucking books on how to handle a pandemic and, I was sitting there going, this is a really, really, this is the, he's killing people. Yes. Now, 
it wasn't any of my family, because if it was, I think all of the protests that were going on, uh, I would have I would have tried to have gone and like siphoned a few protesters off and said, we're going to go to the governor's mansion because yeah. I think he needs to hear from us because the dude is literally murdering thousands of people. I, we can get back to your calls in a minute. You know, that's all well and good, but let's take this energy and let's direct it to something that's happening right the fuck now to everybody in this state if you're over a certain age. And if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, look at the fuck up. I don't want to go through it. it the dude, Watch the news. Yeah. The dude is a murderer. Yeah, basically. He's, 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 he has murdered thousands of people in one year's time. Yeah. And, and the news story side of it is he covered up nursing home deaths because he didn't want to be investigated uh, and he didn't want to look bad and have Trump making him look bad. Right. So it was a political thing. People were dying over political reasons. So what he was doing was taking infected COVID patients and ordering that they are to be put into nursing homes. Mm-hmm. Well, after the fact that we knew that this was transmissible, human to human, and it was knocking old people out yeah, like nobody's business. But yet he still went with that, even though he got the, the USS Mercy, the, mobile, the Navy's floating hospital, and they converted the Javits Center into right. a, a, uh, a triage center for COVID, which both of them barely got used. In fact, they sent one of them away and they had to tear down the the temporary stuff that they were setting up because it wasn't being used, even though it should have been being used because all those poor bastards going back into the nursing home should have been Mm -hmm. isolated on that fucking boat and not wiping out entire nursing homes. And I I enjoy the double standard that uh, at the time we are praising uh, Cuomo back then, but at the same time we're giving Trump shit for going, well, you know, if we test the people, then we'll find out we have more cases. At the same time, you basically have uh, a Guido, uh, you know, freaking politician going, burn the books, burn the books. Oh, at the same time, we're, we're managing this better than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. Where's Miami? Yeah. It's hilarious. Just, I mean, our president did basically uh, the same thing. And I mean, to their credit, I guess, yeah, we're giving Cuomo shit now, but this, it doesn't save you from the fact he was your golden child n- less than a year ago. Here's a fantastic opportunity to stop this partisan bullshit. Yeah. Because going back to Texas, if, if you're believing the bullshit coming from the right, that these windmills, only because they're green energy, are why we lost power. Right. Okay, well, even within that bullshit story, a Republican signed the mandate for those to be there. So get out of your partisan bullshit. Now, over to COVID. If you thought, Trump is killing people, all of these deaths are on Trump's hands because I don't like Republicans. You literally had a Democrat with people's blood on his hands. Straight up. there's no. He's not going to be able to wiggle his way out of this. No. I don't give two fucks about him saying, oh, well, if they came from the nursing home but died in the hospital, count it as a hospital death, not a nursing home death, and we'll cover up the numbers that way. I don't care. It was the order of putting sick people, knowingly sick people, back in with the most 
susceptible group that right. we knew even at the time that COVID was taken out, wiping out immediately. You had a Democrat doing that while you were sitting there shitting on Trump for every death is on Trump's hands. The, the partisanness, you have so many examples on a daily basis in this country where that shit needs to fucking stop. It needs to knock itself off. I, I do wish that this stopped being such a partisan thing where it's like back then you had nothing but Democrats crying about any death they saw that was close to them. Now it's flipped. You've got any, um, you know, Republican on the other side uh, complaining about the Democrats and the attention that they're not giving. Do people not understand that the one constant here is the federal government? It doesn't matter which side. It's like, you know, both of them give each other's carte blanche to pull shit off and say, you know what? We won't get taken down for this because all we have to do is blame it on the side of the scale that we're not swinging in currently. Yeah, we'll, we'll happily off thousands of people just as long as it doesn't make us look bad. And we'll do everything in our power to cover it up so it doesn't make me look bad. Mm -hmm. And also at the same time, you know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna blame this power outage due to a weather event on on the left when a guy on the right is the one who's responsible for putting them there. Um, now, the one thing that I do have to say, and I gotta give credit for. And I don't even know if I really fully want to give credit yet because I think it's no, no. it's so it's so transparently just uh, dancing on the grave of a politician before he's even out of office. Uh oh, is the reaction to Cuomo that he's getting from the left? They they're going after him. It well, is time to well, eat dude, your own. The phone call. The phone call is what did that to that assemblyman in New York. Cuomo called him and told him that. Uh, because, you know, it was his, uh, it was Cuomo's secretary that told this guy. Yep. The reason uh, the why reason, they didn't yeah, want to yeah, the reason why, give the numbers out. Right. And and this guy knew that and went to the press and was, well, before he even went to the press, Cuomo called him and on the phone call was threatening his wife. And I mean, hey, according it, to this guy. It sure would be yeah. a shame. Yeah. <laughs> If you would, she would be a shame if uh, you know <laughs> your house was to catch fire. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just so, randomly for no other reason. So when that call yeah. happened, when that call happened, you know, that, dude, that was instant. That was instant. Fucking every network news. Yeah, and uh, she would be so, a shame if you woke up next to a severed horse's head. I kind of like what I'm seeing. I'm seeing both sides eat each other. And, yeah. and, and I, I, I do. I, I, the Democrats are fucking eating each other and the Republicans are eating each other. And I hope that it brings about a feeling amongst voters. <laughs> yes, I put my quotes up because yeah. I'm not one. But I hope it people wake up to the fact. Yeah, because they're already. Dude, it was headline news day before yesterday. Do we need a third party? Yeah, you know, is it time for the Green Party and yeah. the is Rock it, is to step time? in? And, yeah, and yeah. It, you know, they're talking about the Rock running for the Green Party, <laughs> and and if that happens, he'll win. He's a he's celebrity enough. He's he's as famous as Donald Trump. <laughs> We're a populist nation. If Rock runs, even if he's a fucking Green Party guy, it, yeah. but it, that would never happen. 
If he did run, he would know better than to run against a I, Democrat I, or Republican party. I do want to take the moment to newsflash or ignore the rant listeners to the fact that nothing gives good old Doug levity like a party's own cannibalism. Yes. <laughs> no, I was going to say, themselves. maybe this is the unity we've been looking for yeah, this whole it, it time. Could, and it could be. It could be. That's a, And that's a, that's a good thing. To yeah. me, it is. To me, it's... Well, and that's why I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to give credit to the Democrats yet, because I think right now it's just posturing. But the fact that they're infighting and, you know, anytime there's infighting in the party, that means they're incapable of doing anything. Right. And as long as all of their attention is focused on fending off their own, you know, uh, Judas's, hey, bring it on. Yeah. Yeah. But I got something I'm going to read. Uh It says, uh, 25 to 30 New York Democrats support an impeachment inquiry into Cuomo, and the number is growing steadily, New York Democrat Assemblyman Ronald Kim said on the 21st of February. So I hope this thing keeps going. I hope they don't stop, and all of a sudden they get message from higher up, which doesn't seem to be coming down yet, uh, about, hey, guys, let's back off. I don't think this is defensible. And what you were saying about what happened to... uh, Mr. Kim, Assemblyman Kim, was brought up and Mayor de Blasio, a <laughs> fucking guy I cannot stand, came to give his side of the story. Of course he did. Questioning the nursing home death data for months. He says Governor Cuomo threatened him in a phone call up for that criticism. Here's some of what he told us this morning. Governor Cuomo called me the, late, the next day at 8 p.m. While I was about to bathe my kids, I was with my wife, and for 10 minutes, uh, he berated me, uh, he yelled at me, uh, he told me that, you know, my career will be over, he's been biting his tongue for months against me, and I had tonight, not tomorrow, tonight, to issue a new statement, essentially asking me to lie, um, and asking me, like, I, I just, I heard and I saw a crime the other day, and he's asking me that I did not see that crime. And, and that was the line that he, you know, a line that he crossed that, that, that can't be undone. And that's why I had no choice uh, but to come out and, and speak up. So a senior advisor for Governor Cuomo says Kim is lying, that at no time did anyone threaten to destroy anyone with their wrath. I, I got to ask you, I don't want you to weigh in on, on that uh, specifically, but you know Governor Cuomo, you guys have jousted in the past. He says... Uh, Kim says that he got this irate phone call that started out, are you an honorable man? And it went for 10 minutes of him yelling and then threats to publicly tarnish him. Is that, have you ever heard of anything like that from Governor Cuomo? Has he, have you ever spoken with him and anything like that happened? Yeah, it's a sad thing to say, Mika, but that's classic Andrew Cuomo. Um, receive those phone calls classic Andy Uh, you know the bullying is nothing new Um, I believe Ron Kim and it's very very sad no public servant no person who's uh, telling the truth should be treated that way Um, but yeah the the threats the the belittling uh, the demand that someone change their statement right that moment uh Many, many times I've heard that, and I know a lot of other people in this state have heard that. Yeah, I was in the room there, and it that didn't happen. <laughs> that didn't happen. Yeah, that, that's that's uh, 
they are all coming out. Well, yeah. All, you know. all I told him is if he doesn't support my position, <laughs> that I'd find it very, I, he'd find it very hard to breathe. Yeah. Well, yeah. basically, I look at Cuomo the same way I look at Trump. They are, they're New York mob. That's basically what they are. They're like, and they think that they, they think they're, they're, just bosses they think they like that they're bosses because drunk of the position that they have yeah Yeah. and they and they got that mob mentality Mm -hmm. and they're like yeah you know it'd be a shame if uh if something was to happens to you yeah or if your kids you know maybe they're waiting at the bus stop maybe they're not i don't know maybe they don't make it to school maybe they don't make it to school there yeah (laughs) that means that's uh (laughs) that's trump that's cuomo that's every new yorker that that I can see in power. It, it doesn't matter. Republican, Democrat, independent, doesn't matter. Yeah. I just find it amazing. Uh, you know, if you would have told me that a politician was possibly going to face charges in 2021 in the state of New York, uh, who would have had Cuomo, you know, a year ago, I'm just, I'm saying like a year ago at this time or even last summer. Yeah. Um, everybody would have said Trump. Yeah. And that still might eventually happen. But if you would have told me that to start 2021, that a politician was likely going to see criminal charges <laughs> in the state of New York, I wouldn't have had Cuomo on there. Well, I would, Cuomo- I, only because I didn't, I would, I would not have expected that people from his own party. Right. I thought that they would have rallied around him and done what everybody has always and done. And this is what before. I think. That's where I think the difference is now. I, the fact that they're eating their own on both sides. The fact that that's going on right now shows you that they finally get it, that people are not going to put up with, with, with uh, like when you look at the, when you look at the Democrat side right now, the reason that they're doing what they're doing is because the Republicans all filed in line to, to on the impeachment thing. So the Democrats are going to be like, well, this guy's showing some fucked up shit. We can't do that. We can't do that. So we have to attack. But see, for Democrats, I don't feel like this is necessarily very much a change of behavior. I mean, back when things happened with Al Franken, they jumped off his ship within two seconds. Yeah, that's true. So they turn on themselves more than anyone else. And as that, far as loyalty goes, a Democrat's loyalty will dissolve in 2.5 and that, seconds. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing in politics. Sure. If the Republicans were more like that, then I think the Republicans would be a lot It'd more popular. It'd be a good thing a, if it was a lot less posturing, yeah. if it was actually yeah. behind some actual feelings. Yeah. Well... <clears throat> Al Franken took himself out. He knew that that wasn't a battle he could right, win, sure. given the environment that they themselves have created. I think it's unilaterally bad that you are responsible for thousands of deaths, mm-hmm. <laughs> regardless of political power or political party. And I think anybody can see that. And I think uh, I think it would be despicable, and I think everybody knows how despicable despicable it would be. For there to be anybody coming out in the defense of, the, I mean, literally, government will kill your grandma where she lives, then tell you to go back inside. Right. You know, hey, nothing to see here. Go back inside. It's it's dangerous out here. Stay in stay in your home while they're sitting there just slugging your your G mall checking the mail. It's uh, you know, incompetent government kills people. 
You but mean I, you said, you better stay inside. It might be bad for your health. Exactly. <laughs> hey, nothing to see here. Turn around, Junior. Get back indoors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, an incompetent government kills people, and a competent government kills even more people. Yeah. An incompetent government just haphazardly kills people. This was on purpose. Well, maybe, like I said, maybe this is the time. Maybe this is it. Maybe, maybe both sides will fucking implode, and... Somebody will come up the middle and fuck them both up. At this point, I really don't understand how people can still be believing the messaging that's coming down from your political leaders about anything. Right, right. But not only about anything, but also about COVID. It's like you're these are the people that you're going to listen to make decisions that are supposedly for your own good when they are killing the fuck out of people. And then trying to cover it up so that the their political opponents can't use it against them. These these are the people. This is the character of people you want to listen to. As soon as things get bad, they get on a fucking plane and go to where it's not bad. I'm trying to show you got fucked up shit from Republicans that they're doing dumb shit. You got fucking murderers, <laughs> murderous shit. Cur- just currently, I'm sure it'll flip-flop back. <laughs> Don't worry. Republicans will kill somebody here soon. But... These are the fuckers that you still want to tell me to sit down and be quiet and take my orders from these yeah. fucking asshats yeah. and wave the flag for them Fuck and shit. You, yeah. Fuck yeah, you. No, I, don't, I don't get it. I, I, really I will don't. wear a mask if I go into a business because the business owner would like me to. I will never wear a mask because a politician tells me to. And, I, and I'll never believe anything that comes from the government. I just won't. Sorry, you lost me. I've seen too much to. To put that toothpaste back in the tube. Um, <laughs> changing subjects oh so mildly to another uh, form of government, and that is major U.S. companies and corporations. Oh, what, you mean they're near the same thing? I don't, I don't see how you can see that. Well, the government is run by <laughs> the government is run by corporations. So yes, sure. I see it as government's daddy as being uh, companies that are like. Like huge global conglomerates. Those those are the ones that are in charge these days. So really what they say is what ends up going. And you're seeing a lot of rhetoric coming out of the current administration, um, which I think is a knee-jerk slingshot or rubber band reaction to Trump. But it is mimicking verbatim a lot of the same terminology that's coming out of corporate woke-ass America. Not that this is anything new or that this is groundbreaking. Anytime the curtain gets pulled back, if only for a moment, I like to peek inside. And every Mm -hmm. now and then, you see some just, just some beautiful, holy shit, I can't believe (laughs) this is what we're supposed to believe. Not to pull, you know, the curtain back too much for what the listeners are about to hear. We need to tell them what what we found. Yeah. Well... The recordings, uh, basically Coca-Cola <laughs> has decided to uh, utilize the services of a, uh, what, what, what is her field? Uh, She's a sociologist. Sociologist. Arona. Her name is Dr. Robin D'Angelo. She's a PhD. Mm. When I was growing up listening to hip hop songs, PhD stood for pretty huge dick, which is obviously what this woman has been missing her entire life. <laughs> After we get done playing all these clips, I think we can all agree she just needs a good dicking. 
I think she's got a lot of worked up uh, sexual angst. I'll be the judge of that. Okay. <laughs> so what we're talking about Doug, is... I was about to give you credit that you're not the one that's going to be pissing off the female populace of our show for this okay. week. Well, oh, good. there's still time. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're talking about is a whistleblower from inside Coca-Cola Company. And now, mind you, we live in the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. This is blasphemy, what I'm about to expose upon you all. This is Coca-Cola Country. Everything's a Coke. Even if it's not, mm-hmm. it's a Coke until right. until, <laughs> until it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was an employee, a Latina woman, identity still unknown as far as her name, who was subject to having to take this new training, the, this video training that uh, Coke is making their employees take. And it's by this Robin D'Angelo, the, the author of the famed book, White Fragility. And it's all about racial sensitivity. This is critical race theory. What I'm about to play for you is just one small part of the larger program known as critical race theory. This is what Trump got rid of being uh, taught in federal institutions, the military and federal other federal uh, institutions, for lack of better words. And Trump or uh, and Biden brought it back because he thinks it's important. Now, Earlier in the week, this employee of Coke took screenshots, only pictures, of her computer monitor on certain slides that had text on it just to get it out of the Coke world and expose it for the bullshit that it is. Now, this blew the fuck up. It had millions of, uh, I guess, interactions on Twitter. Millions of people saw it. And a lot of people were, were wondering, where, what is this? I can't find it on YouTube. Who is this? Whatever. Well, I did a little digging. I did a little investigatory uh, research for our Ignore the Rant listeners. That's what you can get here. And I found this video package that, uh, that they're using for their training. It's on LinkedIn Learning. Now, LinkedIn is a social media site that's supposed to be all about networking with uh, business professionals yes. and all this other kind I'm of stuff. Yes. <laughs> I'm on it and I never use it. Yeah. It's, same here. It's I, I I'm only on it so that other people who see me know that I at least have a job. Yeah. And they give you a, uh, they tell you congratulations on, on my anniversary. work anniversary. Yes. That's all, that's all it's used for. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I pretty much I get out of it. Yeah. So, they have a component to LinkedIn where it's LinkedIn learning, where it's already companies, it's already integrated with different companies. You can see who's using what training platforms for their employees. So now it's like, oh, well, we got to keep up with the Joneses. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, Lowe's, if they see that Home Depot is using this training program and they're beating them in sales by 12%, well, we need to do what they're doing. So you have big companies like Coke, Microsoft. AT&T, the fucking Air Force, uh, using this training, which I'm about to play for you. I'm sure Apple uses it. No, yeah. Really so does. it's spreading. It's spreading throughout all of the, the top companies about what racism is and what it means to be white and how being white is automatically... Well, uh, automatically means that you are racist. And the, the beauty of LinkedIn... Also, is the fact that you can see 
the different companies using this training. I also, I, you know, which I want you to bring up in a moment, but I, I find it hilarious. It's only a few months ago on this very show that I mentioned I had a friend in HR that is very, very liberal that uh, was in a training where the trainer said to the entire company, if you are white, you are automatically racist. And if you're black, it is impossible for you to be racist. Correct. Yes. That is the dumbest shit I believe I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. Because, look, it doesn't matter what you are when you're born into your race you are racist it doesn't matter what you are well if you're white if you're black if you're chinese if you're japanese if you're fucking russian it doesn't matter none of that none of that matters well doug you're clearly not ceo material <laughs> no i'm not i no, think I we're not. gonna have to schedule a performance evaluation this on is, you sir this is the can you please move me down in the gulag i i i i just have to say that that is the the and i know this is going to be the dumbest shit i've ever heard yeah oh, guaranteed. It's gold. i mean because <laughs> the last test was a fucking yeah that was yeah. yeah that was uh that was a good one yeah and if yeah so <laughs> all right let's get into it so i took i i purchased this fucking thing like i said i i, I went and found where this video package lives that it was on this linkedin thing that i'd never heard about and you got to sign up for it you got to i already had a linkedin account but you have to purchase this yeah now currently i'm on a seven day free trial as soon as we hit stop on this recording i'm canceling all this shit i don't want any of my dollars to go to this bullshit right right but i dipped my toe in for a few days i've i've listened to this a couple times i've took some screenshots we're going to listen to some clips so first here's a screenshot uh, where she tries to explain what you're going to get in her teachings. In one of the slides, in one of the first slides that I, that I grabbed, it's, I think there's seven different lessons and they range from like four minutes to 12 minutes long. And throughout each one, there's 15 different slides plus some audio. So this isn't, this isn't all of it. <laughs> this isn't even a third of it. This is a, uh, just a little pinch. So this crazy sociologist lady unmarried mind you uh says in this lesson white refers to a person of european descent person of color refers to any person who is not of european descent huh these terms are used to indicate the two macro level socially recognized divisions of the racial hierarchy so just remember that Remember yeah, that. so I'm a racist to myself. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, this is obviously. what it's teaching you to be. Obvi- yeah. Obviously, <laughs> I'm racist to myself. So yeah. it's just white and person of color. I got to establish that up front so that you don't get confused as we d- dive into this enriching experience. Oh, I, so think I, already, I think this... I already understand it. Uh, <laughs> uh, just knowing that. Just knowing that I'm racist to myself. There's nothing that this could turn out to be other than the enriching of both sides coming together. I mean, seriously, look at it. We're all going to turn around and give each other one massive hug and go, I never knew how much we had different, so now we're so much very much the same. Well, you cannot have unity until you exile those that are questioning your unity. So this is obviously about racism. Now, we all know what racism is. We're very much aware of the definition of racism. Sure. But unless you f- had forgotten, 
let me update you to the definition of racism as this sociologist. Are you about to white explain us? Uh, that's no, all I've I, ever I wanna, been. Doing. I want to hear this definition. I want to yeah. hear what yeah, this yeah, definition sure, sure, is. Sure. All right. So, racism. A racial group's collective bias backed by legal authority and an institutional control. That's racism. No, that's not racism. That She's a fucking idiot right out of the gate. Oh, uh, Doug, you're going to have a really tough time in this class. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that w- I, yeah. I would not. Uh... Also, obviously, we've already identified that white is something and then everybody else is something else. Yeah, everybody, so everybody. Just don't just forget that. White. Yeah. white. White is who we're focusing yeah, on right. here. I mean, we're talking about racism for white and every other color. I mean, we're talking about racism, so could it really be anything other than white? Yeah, I guess. So clearly, the next step is well, what is we got to identify white supremacy because clearly that's what we that's what everyone is experiencing. So her definition of white supremacy is a sociological term that encompasses the assumed superiority of people defined and perceived as white. And the practices based on this assumption. So now it's people who are perceived as being white can partake in white supremacy. So you don't have to be white. To be a white supremacist. Correct. And I disagree with that definition. <laughs> a, white supremacist, a white supremacist believes that the white race is the greatest race. Yes. That's the definition. Yes. That as, they are morally superior. As with the definition of racism. <laughs> racism is believing your race is above another race. Is mm-hmm. you are better superior. than because you are a member of a particular race than any other race around you. Correct. This is bullshit, right? <laughs> so, go, so, yes, keep going. Keep going. This is going to be fun. All right. So, oh, you have no now, idea. <laughs> now, I do have some video clips uh, that are going to come out as audio clips in this format. I don't know what they're going to be because there's no way for me to save them in order. I just saved this right on my iPhone. There's no titles. I'm just going to go into them blind with you. Let's hear what she's got. When you change your paradigm, it's so transformative and liberating. So what we need to do is think very differently about what racism is. Okay, so what she was saying there is when you change, she's, she used the word paradigm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But basically when you change the definition of racism, yes. it's so liberating because now we can actually begin to identify what is true racism. Once you totally... Take the existing definition and what it truly means and throw that little fucker away. And then you you mix up your own new thing. Now we can actually start to address what true racism is. The use is of because- the word uh, paradigm in that it changes it from what you're saying, which is a, desti- or a definition. Paradigm is oh so much more broad, meaning we are going to reprogram the previous bullshit that you believed in so that we can just update it to new bullshit. It shows the true focus, and that is we need to restructure your entire worldview. For you to fit into this new one. No, yeah, we need to program you to Cor- believe this. Correct, mm-hmm. correct. That's that's basically what I'm hearing. Yeah. All right. So, so <laughs> come on. The next clip I have is right after it, it's under her heading of examining whiteness. I can't wait to hear this. 
I think one of the most hostile, toxic environments for people of color day in and day out is unexamined whiteness. <laughs> the average white person cannot answer the question, what does it mean to be white? In my workshops, I will pose that question and pair people up to reflect. I will give them one minute. And so often, white people cannot feel 60 seconds on that question. That's, that's a bad thing? White people... Yeah can't answer the question of what does it mean to be white? It's almost like they're not, I don't know, living through their skin color. I mean, nothing makes you feel better, uh, you know, and close to people of another race than knowing that 100% of the time they're overthinking the fact that they're their race and you're your race. I mean, for instance, this week I, I, you know, not to bring it into my world too much, but I started a new job and I made the mistake of sharing our podcast with a uh, you son of a bitch <laughs> with an individual that is would be considered under the heading of POC. And I automatically felt like a huge jackass because I'm already making excuses for the show. Just being like, I've got to warn you. We, we have some less than colorful remarks about BLM and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I went overboard and I could I felt at the end of it, I was like, you know, I probably made him feel a ton more uncomfortable in, in a vehicle with me because I was calling out, you know, the, the potential racism. So you're saying that this show has given you white guilt? Yes. Uh, I mean, I get it. And I totally don't disagree <laughs> That uh, when you're sharing this show with somebody, it probably does require a little bit of expl- you sure, know, a little mild amount of explaining. <laughs> but anyway, not to my friends. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that if uh, some people in my life found out that I was doing this podcast, oh, there's some explanations life, yeah. would have to be had. Oh, oh there's yeah. people in my life. There's people in my family, but my <laughs> friends, yeah, they know me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. So, this next one is under the heading of questioning your socialization. A really classic pattern when I'm giving a talk about whiteness is for white people to sit there and think about all of the ways they are an exception to everything I'm talking about. So, if I'm saying most white people X, but you're a Y, aha, I was a Y. We often say with some smugness, therefore, I am exempt from what you're talking about. Well, nothing could exempt you from the forces of racism in this country. And so that changes the question from if you've been shaped by those forces to how have you been shaped by those forces. Racism circulates 24-7, 365. Now, I agree with that. I agree with the last part, but it's not because... I'm white. <laughs> it's not because it's not because I'm white mixed with Native American mixed with probably some mutt from somewhere. I mean, I and I should be racist a- against myself because, but I guess I'm perceived as white. I'm trying to g- go through all of this bullshit that I'm hearing. Well, let's start with what you agreed with. Three sixty-five racism. Yes, that's a true statement that you can say about anything involving a society, right? Ever, anywhere. Because for it to be a society, it has to exist. Yeah, twenty-four-seven, three sixty-fucking-five. That's it. Yeah. So she stumbled on some truth here, 
a sociologist saying that something in a society must occur 24 7 365 for it to exist holy fucking shit wow. way to go sociologist I just find it ironic how her solution to the subjugation of one, you know, ethnicity towards racism is the, you know, exact same action just on yourself. Subjugate yourself for your behavior so that you don't subjugate anyone else, except maybe you're calling a little bit too much attention to it, therefore making it a bigger issue than it actually is. Well, and and am am I supposed to be looking at this from a wealthy white racist or a poor white racist? Because that worldview is going to be completely different uh, than your worldview than than any your perception of that worldview would be different. But her new paradigm? No, 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 no. White is all that matters. Now, if you haven't caught on yet, audience, uh, this is only directed towards white people. Yeah, this is not meant for what they call a person of color, which is just a just a switch up of words of colored people, right? Which apparently would get you, you know, fired quicker than shit. But a person of color, um, that's this isn't meant for them because they don't need to change anything because they cannot be racist because they aren't white. That's where that's where all of this is coming from from this fucking crackhead ho who, who by the way is very white yeah she's italian she's yeah. an italian catholic who's not married oh she's a cat yeah. so the That's inner that. hate yes. the, the inner demons that she must be fighting at, oh. uh, at 24 7 365 is got to is, is what has pushed her to this level of uh stupidity right is she missed her life calling of giving back to the world by having a family and doing the Catholic thing. Or being a nun. So she's broken (laughs) ranks from her own religion, so she's trying to create a new religion. Right. To where she can be the god of. Yes. Of course. Thank you, Savior. I do wonder if, uh, you know, in her ability to find uh, these uh, observations, if she is now... A supremacist to the rest of her culture, you know, that would, she's able to see it outside of the fact that others cannot. I wonder if she's changing any minds at these big companies. Oh, sure they yeah. are. Yeah. Because no. this is what they're all going oh, towards. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, yeah, the heads of the company. I'm talking about the people that have to watch this bullshit. That I, I wonder. We'll, we'll get to the Q&A at if, the end. If I worked for fucking Microsoft and they made me watch this bullshit, I would walk away from it going, you know what? That was some bullshit. So, uh, and I'm sure everybody that works at Microsoft is walking away from this going, that's some bullshit. Yeah. yeah. So, well, because this is on a LinkedIn platform, there is a comment section. Yeah. They call it Q&A. Uh, um, we'll get we'll, social media. We'll read a few of those yeah. at the end. Well, they always want feedback. Oh, yeah, of course they do. Mm-hmm. It's social media. Here's a survey. Tell me how awesome yeah. I just did. Give me some likes. Give me a five star. Give me some love. <laughs> so, but basically, the the point that she was making there was, when I try to tell white people that they're inherently racist, they immediately fight back and they point out all these ways that they're not racist, typically in a very smug way. And I say, no, 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 you're inherently racist because you can't get away from being racist. That's what that's that was the point that was made at the beginning of that, uh, and then she followed it up with the only. Thing that she could say that was true. I think you're inherently perceived 
as racist ah. because you're white. That, that now that 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 makes a little more sense to me. Hmm. So let me uh, text that to her. <laughs> oh Lord. Or maybe that, uh, you know, predisposing us to any sort of paradigm in itself is problematic because when you shift one way too far, you re-fuck up what was already fucked up. Well, yeah. Well, so we've already gotten to this point where she's identified who the white people are and what racism is and that you can't get away from racism. Now, no. once you've learned this and you've gone through her training... How do you talk to people about this? Because obviously this is something that you, you're going to want to share with people. So she, she tells us how we can integrate this into our daily lives. Or actually, what we <laughs> should not do yeah. in our daily lives. It, it gets confusing, but hang in. <laughs> I often use the analogy, imagine I'm in the workplace, I have a co-worker, it's a man. You know, he's friendly to me and everything. We've never gone to lunch or anything. We say good morning. And one day he just walks up to me and says, um, oh, I, I heard all about the Me Too movement. Have you ever been um, sexually harassed at work? Or have you ever been raped? I'm hoping that you would know that that is an incredibly threatening and vulnerable question to be asked by a man that I don't know that well. When I don't understand a piece of, of racism, I just imagine that a man is saying to me, right? I just imagine a, a men that I don't have much of a relationship with suddenly wanting me to tell them about all my experiences I've had around male violence. That's going to feel really weird to me, and I have no idea what the response is going to be. You know what's weird to me is uh, comparing rape to racism now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> wow, she's a, she is a peach. She, she <laughs> yeah. is quite a peach. Well, and uh, not only that, finding her way to uh, utilize her own privilege, <laughs> I guess, in a way to uh, make you feel ill at ease. Well, she just gave everything away right there. If if you're seeing it through my paradigm, yeah, and that is, uh, she's a man hater. That's where this started. She she hates men uh, and needs a dick. Yeah, she hates the patriarchy, and she she needs she needs a PhD in her life. I'm gonna send her a rabbit. <laughs> The little jackrabbit. So <laughs> what she immediately does is she, like you said, she associates rape and racism as one and the same. And that if a man, if a man comes up to her in the workplace because of the Me Too movement, or I guess really the Me Too moment, and wants to talk to her about it, first of all, no guy is ever going to go up to a girl. Have you ever been raped? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I saw these chicks with pussy hats on. Yeah. Have you ever been unwantingly touched with another man's yeah. dick? Yeah. I, like uh, nobody would ever say that. No. First of all, and no. if they did, it doesn't. It doesn't mean they're a rapist. It means they're mentally ill. It means That's that they're socially <laughs> awkward. They're yeah. bad at conversing with other people. Right. It doesn't mean they're. Uh, equitable to a rapist hey right. that's usually my icebreaker i just randomly walk up to women and say hey being raped that must suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey rape <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell me about it am i right <laughs> yeah pretty pretty rough i would imagine i would just imagine uh, did i make this awkward yes yes <laughs> you immediately made it awkward no one would ever do this yes. this is yeah. a hypothetical that doesn't exist <laughs> and her point, her point leading up to that, because I, there were too many clips, I, I had to delete a shitload of them because it would have, it would have been a six-hour episode. Um, she was talking about 
the wrong ways about approaching people of the opposite race to talk to them about racism. And she goes, I imagine it would be exactly like this bullshit scenario that's never happened before. And it's like, who the who the fuck do you think you're talking to people that are just going to run up to black people and be like, I just found out about racism. Have you ever been uh, a victim of racism? What? No one's ever going to do that. And if they do, again, they're just socially awkward. They're not racist. They're not rapist. They're not. They're stupid. You're yeah. talking to stupid people. Mental. Yes. Mentally yes. ill. Yes. Oh, fucking Christ. Okay. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, we're obviously closer to the end than we've ever been. So uh, let's we, get there. We got one more. We got, we got, well, we might have more than one more, yes. but here's the next one. There's something that we really need to look at in this jumping to this makes me feel too guilty. The antidote to guilt is action. There it is. That's, and that is the, the literal call to action. The antidote to guilt. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've made you feel guilty for something that you've never likely done. never done. Uh, you don't live in this paradigm that she has now created. But if you buy into her bullshit, a natural response is you're going to feel guilty for all these horrible things you never knew you were responsible for. And the only way to absolve yourself of that guilt is to, to act. You got to take action. You got to make a change. Just don't go asking people if they were victims of racism. And don't talk to people of color about this because you're going to freak them out. So just talk to other white people about how bad they are. And I'll be back in six months to give you part two. Because here's the thing. You're creating a false world with false problems that don't exist in the way that she's describing them. And she's she's profiting off this. And and she says, this never goes away. This is something that constantly has to be talked about. And so she's creating a future for a future business. This is a business platform for her. The fact that anybody looks at it any different than this is asinine. Hey, I don't think it's going to (laughs) work. I don't think your platform is solid there, girl. I I don't. I mean, look. If you if you feel so guilty about the color you are or a or anybody, if you feel guilty like I mean, uh, think of the Nazis. Think of the think of the German people. Oh, we can't that, do that. No, I'm just I'm I'm throwing that out there. <laughs> if you're going to talk about racism, that is that's racism. That's a you're a, against a race of people because of what they believe. And there's no difference in that in racism. There, there, there's really not. I mean, the KKK and Hitler are on the same page. I mean, so if you look at it in the through the lens of uh, feeling guilty about what something that's completely out of your control that another person that happens to be the same color you are does to a person, there's something wrong with you. I don't feel uh guilt in me that that the white part of me slaughtered the indians i wasn't there yeah i i I wasn't there i'm I'm not i'm not guilty of that i didn't do that so what she's trying to do is say if you're white you're a racist if you're black you're not that is the dumbest shit (laughs) i've ever heard Mm -hmm. i mean it really is when you when you think about what she what she's actually saying it is fucking retarded Mm mm-hmm 
retarded. And I, I hate to do this to you, because like I said, I didn't know how many clips I got. Uh, I can see the end now, but here's the here's another one that goes right to what you're talking about. Doug. Yeah, I think this is the greatest one. I try to be a little less white. I'm really clear that I am not going to be free of my conditioning, in, and racism is not going to end in my lifetime. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Racism's not going away. Yeah. How can I be a little less white? <laughs> How can I be less white today? Let's see. Um, I'll listen to some Jay-Z. I will, uh, maybe I'll smoke a blunt. Um, you know, uh, dude. You do that it, regardless of being. No, no. That's what I'm saying. I'm not a, I'm not a fucking, I'm not racist because I'm white. I'm no. not, that's just no. not who I am. No. So if you. If you try to, and if you try to lump me into that, I'll prove to you that I'm not. I mean, I, it's, it's just, uh, uh, it's, it's stupid. It's dumb. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to pull logic rank here or anything, but it, it's my idea that if you are trying to, um, you know, get people to unify a little bit more then showing them their differences might not be the best route to go. Yeah. 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 And and this is the last clip. This is the last clip. <laughs> and then we can get into some of the additional <laughs> shit after this. Hold on. In anti-racist ways. Not, I'm already done, I'm never racist. Right? Not, I'm a terrible person, I'm always racist. In any given moment, how am I doing? And how do I know? And that keeps me humble. And it keeps me accountable. She's right? so humble. So for me... To do less harm is no small thing because it could literally be one more hour on a person of color's life who didn't have to take home my nonsense <laughs> and agonize all night long whether it was worth it to talk to me or they should just suck it up yet again lest they risk my lashing out in defensiveness. So for me to be less white <laughs> is to be less <laughs> oppressive racially, to be less arrogant <laughs> I don't know. Hey, making an entire video series telling all white people that they're inherently racist is the antithesis of being humble. Um, and also to say not being white means that I'm a little less arrogant. Making an entire video series telling an entire race that they're fucking racist seems pretty fucking arrogant. That's pretty arrogant. Yes. Not to mention, I'd like to point out, if you spend your entire time of interacting with a person of another race, thinking of ways not to offend them, you probably have just had the most racist interaction with them out of anyone else. <laughs> so the fact that you're talking about making it less or less uncomfortable by figuring out ways that you can be less white... I think you're already paying for the issue more than it needs. Yeah, and and the fact that if you if you do this this never ending quest, mind you, then you could save a person of color's life of just one hour of being dragged down by your ridiculousness. Which this I, is not being a white savior. I at think all. that I think that if you do this, 
you're going to add at least an hour to any person of color's life with your ridiculousness. <laughs> and you're oppressing. Them. Yeah. You're, 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 you're holding, you have your foot on the throat of the black man. Listen to how bad that I am white. because I'm white. It's like, hey, I don't know you. Look, look, this is it. it <laughs> yeah, you remove an hour of your life for the stress that you're inflicting on yourself. This oh. is what this is what I was talking about on a podcast. I can't remember when it was. It was it was a few months back. This is exactly what I was talking about as far as the government, the people in charge in government are old racist white men. Mm-hmm. They are. They're old. They were there when schools were segregated. They grew up in a racist society and and they took that to dc and anybody in dc i'm telling you if you're fucking 70 years or older in dc and there's a lot of them there's a lot of them if you're 70 years or older up there you grew up in in racism you grew up in true racism and the ideas that you have in your mind about the other race, they're not going away. They're not going away. So, so do you think shit like this comes out because I, I those it, because those people feel guilty and they they see the, the what, tide turning naturally, th- that's, and so they're overcompensating with that shit like this. Is exactly what I think this is. I think this is a this is uh, and it and it goes all the way to the top of the government. I mean, look, look, look at Biden. He's seventy eight years old, dude. He he right prime for what I'm talking about. Yeah. He he grew up in an all-white house, going to an all-white school, probably didn't g- go in the black neighborhood. You know, mm-hmm. Now, up north, he's from Delaware, so there were more mixing of the races up Corn north. Corn Pop was up there. But, we know that. Yeah. But, but <laughs> and he was a bad dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Corn Pop. But, but yeah. He so must have been suffering from white guilt. But when you look at McConnell yeah. and you look at all of these, all of these people that are in power, um, they're, and, and they can't change who they are. They can't. You just got to write them out. You and, just got to write out their time. And, and that's exactly what it is. It, you get, you have to, if you're not going to vote them out, which obviously you're not, I mean, they've been there for fucking 40 years. Uh, you just got to wait for them to die. And yeah. that's, that's the only, and, and once they all die off, once the people that, uh, that are like my age now are like 70, mm-hmm. that, my generation was the first generation to grow up in the desegregation. Yeah. But but so my generation is more likely to be less racist. And and that and that'll happen as the as the progression goes along in the in America. As times get easier. Exactly. There mm-hmm. will be less racism because yes. the farther you get away from uh slaves and, and then you had the civil rights movement. And then you had the uh, voter rights, and the the further removed you get away from that, and these old fucks that are in power would die off, then you you won't need shit like this. You yeah. won't need you won't even hear shit like this of somebody telling you to feel bad because you're white. I look that 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 chick. I, I don't know where she grew up. I'm sure she went to private school, and I mean I, she probably she teaches at. Uh, Washington University or University of well, Washington. Yeah, she's yeah. a professor. Okay. Well, she's never worked as solid, right, honest day. Right. She's so, a sociologist, which immediately, if you've ever met one, yes. 
that has, you know, doctor this or PhD that, which is the same thing. I get it. But they've never spent any time outside in the actual working world. Yeah, it's all world. academic. Yes. Yeah. No, it's all they, academic. They, they yeah. have a hypothesis. They bring in study groups. Right. And they're looking for evidence to match their conclusions. And now they're do putting this shit on Microsoft employees, Coke employees. What the fuck is wrong with corporate America right now? It was like the Super Bowl commercials we were talking yeah. about a, a, a week ago. You know, what the fuck? Why is America all of a sudden so apologetic for shit that hap that has been happening in the country for uh, uh, as long as I've been alive, you know, it it's all of a sudden every, everybody is uh, and it, like if you're white, you're racist. If you're not for the Black Lives Matter movement, you're racist. If you're not for for uh, any anything, I can, it's I can racist. Answer. That's I, the word of the day. The I word du jour. I can answer this. I know exactly where it comes from. It comes from academia. People have put a premium on college education. And you've got all these think tanks that have nothing to provide, no services to offer. They literally get government grants to just research shit. And there's a YouTube video that I would love for everyone to watch. I'll link it in the show notes. It's called CSR Halo Effect Testing. Strengthen, and, and the subtitle is Strengthen Corporate Reputation and Brand Equity. It's the Halo Effect Testing is a specialized form of opinion research for optimizing the corporate impact of corporate sociological interaction. There's these, there's these uh, academic boards that exist just to research shit that don't matter, that have nothing to do with anything. Right. That's how you get this entire new wave of sociology departments that come back with studies and you hear this all the time oh a recent study says that wearing three masks is better than wearing two masks which means it's likely that wearing six masks is the most effective uh update coming at 11 and then you find out oh a, a new study shows that eating eggs is bad a year later a new study the experts say you have a, america has an ass load of experts and fields of shit that don't matter. Mm -hmm. And so when you have enough of these academics that have never experienced the real world in any meaningful way, but they have a conclusion in their head and they seek out evidence and they call it research that fits their conclusion, fits their narrative, their paradigm. They then, if they hit up against enough stupid people, because you're, you're not any smarter when you leave college. You're, you're just the same dumbass that you went in there with, but now with a sheet of paper on the wall. You end up getting these morons to believe you're dumb bullshit because you get other people that have never experienced life to believe in your bullshit. And then you're like, well, yeah, I heard that. I heard that somewhere else. You hear it all the time. Oh, well, you know, the New York Times said today that blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, then where did the New York Times get it? Oh, an anonymous source. Oh, so some, they could have just made it up. Well, but it's been reported. So the... It's being reported that this is the same line. It it comes out of nowhere. It's meaningless. It does nothing. But this YouTube video about this halo effect training, it they put up all these charts saying if you're socially conscious, 
and you're a corporation, it it, it does great things for your bottom line, it which does, is not true. It does exactly what the government wants it to do, which is the longer we further highlight the differences between you and I as citizens of this country, the less we are going to look at them. It's well, self-serving. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I would love for you to get to the Q&A section so we can also cover within this episode the amazing white identities. My whole point in this is all this is made up. This is all bullshit. Sure. It, it means nothing, but if it's coming from someone with letters next to their name, it's respected for some fucking reason. If some dipshit in the subway just said, hey, man, all white people are racist, everyone would have been like, you're a hateful motherfucker. But you put on a suit or a lab coat and you speak well, it, you can say the same dumb shit, but now all of a sudden people take it as gospel. So after you finish this absolute horrid fucking course, there's an opportunity for a Q&A. Uh, a little bit of, well, what did you get from this? And this is on the LinkedIn website. This is right. <laughs> this is amazing. They even leave these up. The first one is from a senior consultant uh, who's an, uh, who works for Executive Development Solutions. And she writes, this is highly controversial. <laughs> this highly controversial course promoting critical race theory has no place here on LinkedIn or anywhere else for that matter. It's an intellectual movement with no basis in fact, science, or research. In fact, CRT research shows that it creates more racism. No sane person holds white people up as the ideal. The content is divisive, insulting to all people, and perpetuates race-based lies and stereotypes. It amounts to harassment and victimization and needs to be deleted from the platform and from our lives. Here, here. Fuck. And you know what? And I'm not going to read the full things. I'll just read like the first sentence. Um, <laughs> somebody gives the correct definition of racism. <laughs> uh, and then another one, try to be less white question mark. How can you keep a straight face when you're saying this bullshit? <laughs> and another one just saying, uh, you know, class guilt is a Marxist philosophy. I agree. Um, I like how we cannot downvote videos that preach white hatred. <laughs> Sounds like it's working yeah, to me. A, yeah, not, yeah. By the way, I think I only found one not negative review, and I won't say it's positive. It just said, this is interesting. I'll look more into it. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's the best one I could find. It was the, <laughs> like I knew in the very beginning, I knew this was going to be some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not, uh, I'm not surprised. You I'm not, not surprised at the though. comments. You were no. not wrong so, in the least. I'll leave it with this. The, the reason why this story made it to the show is, uh, well, multifaceted. A, it's ridiculous as fuck, and it has to be mocked. This kind of shit should be mocked at every opportunity. Uh, but the irony of it is, is you're, you're, you're trying to bring up all these racial issues and about how <laughs> Coca-Cola needs to recognize the, uh, the inherent racism that all their employees live with. And let's say they even buy into this and they full they go the full bore. Well, Coke is still giving hundreds of thousands of black people diabetes every year. Yes. I mean, so <laughs> your employees can think all of this great shit about how not racist they are, but your product is still resulting in the deaths of thousands of minorities <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> around the world yearly. Mm -hmm. So 
your actions still are more important than your fucking words. Yeah, your yeah. money, your money is more important than your words. Yes, well, I yes. should also, sir, I th- I should think that it also serves the purpose to let you know people are paid for a living to do some completely asinine work, like her training and also the eight white identities. Now, this is something I think we should definitely discuss for the fact that I, I wish we had a quiz that would rate us where we fall in between <laughs> these. I know I guess, exactly where I would land. <laughs> but I guess we'll have to just settle for the fact that we can just afterwards say, yeah, I'm probably this one. So what, you're, what he's about to uh, unleash on us, uh, man, this is just white guilt episode 101. Mm-hmm. This uh, this is something that is circulating uh, up in the New York school system. A a principal of one of their fine institutions of learning sent what we're about to read home to the parents of white students because not only is Coca Cola, Microsoft, and AT and T, and the fucking Air Force looking at race as being a critical issue that needs to be addressed, but you've got to get them young. You've got to get oh, them yeah. when they're in the school systems. So that when they get a job uh, that overpays them based on a worthless degree to kill a bunch of minorities, they can at least start to absorb this bullshit easier. Now, we had a tough time because when we were in school, Doug, we weren't exposed to this level of thinking (laughs) that Arona is about to un- unleash upon us all righty yeah yet again i love the fact that the uh, cure for indoctrination is further indoctrination uh but uh so the eight white identities by barnor hess i'm probably saying that absolutely terrifyingly wrong well that's your white privilege this will this is fun so i can't wait there is a regime of whiteness and there are action-oriented white identities. People who identify with whiteness are one of these. It's about time we build an ethno, ethno, oh, ethnography. Jesus, ethnography of whiteness. Since white people have been the ones writing about and governing others. Now remember, this is from a fucking principle of a school. Right. Yeah, I, I've got it all. I'm listening. Yeah. Talking like yes, this. Yeah. Yes. Now, uh, level one. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Remember. Or identity one. Yeah, this is just the first one. Now, it, he starts with the worst. Oh, yes. And then gets better. And there's a nifty difty chart mm-hmm. that's like a little gauge. So you can see how racist that you are. That you can, you can internalize how racist you are By based on whiteness. these... These eight brackets that you might fall in. Okay, I'm waiting for the gauge. Oh, and I'm, I, see how I'm sure I you'll love where it ends up. But he, where it starts out, where it ends up, absolutely glorious. So, number one, white supremacist. This is someone who clearly marks white society that preserves names and values white superiority. Mm. Number two. White voyeurism. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Wouldn't challenge a white supremacist desires non-whiteness because it's interesting, pleasurable, 
seeks to control the consumption and appropriation of non-whiteness. Fascination with culture. Um, yeah. Sounds like they're digging into my internet search history. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like white warriorism to me. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten to the rest of them yet, but yeah, go ahead. Number three, the terrifying white privilege. Oh. Uh-oh. May critique supremacy, but a deep investment in questions of fairness Equality under the normalization of whiteness and the white rule, sworn goal of diversity. Ah, so, so uh, would a critique of white supremacy be like, hey, you white supremacists, stop being all supremacy over there. You're acting all white. I, I think if you are a sociologist on the sidelines sitting there judging other people's whiteness, you might fall in this category. Mm. But, uh, I, I, yeah. Who knows? I digress. So next, number four, white benefit. Sympathetic to a set of issues, but only privately. Won't speak or act in solidarity publicly, publicly because benefiting through whiteness in public. Some point uh, people of color are in this category as well. Oh, no. Mm. Lumping them in with the whites. So you can have white benefit while you're not white? Of course. That's that's kind of what was established earlier, was that white people are only people that come from Europe, if we remember the prior lesson. However, non-white people can also fall victim to white supremacy. Just ask Oprah. Hmm. Yeah. She's a white supremacist. We all know that. Yeah. She get, you know how many white people she gave cars to? That fucking... Su- we all know that white people don't struggle with anything, and they yeah. got too many cars to begin with. No, yeah, and of Oprah's out there giving them cars. Oh, the white supremacist bumping us up into different tax brackets. You make me sick. <laughs> um, next, number five, white confessional. <laughs> Lord, forgive me for I am white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> forgive me for I know not what I do. Yeah. Some exposure of whiteness takes place, but as a way of being accountable to people of color after seek validation from people of color. Uh, am I a good white? <laughs> or am I a good white or yeah. a bad white? <laughs> Just please don't drop a house on me. Notice when you look at the graph that graphs these uh, levels out, that is way more into the green than the other things, which is actively going to black people and going, am I doing good? Yeah. Have I won your affection yet? Can I have your acceptance? Please forgive me. Yeah, that's not uncomfortable at all for a person of color. Well, no, and like we learned, you know, mm. as far as the adults in the corporate world, you should not do that. No, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah it, not it at all. It pushes your white guilt onto a person of color, which is a form of oppression inherent in white supremacy. So I think these two people need to get together. They're they're kind of <laughs> it's mixed messaging. Next is white critical. Take on board critiques of whiteness and invest in exposing or marking the white regime. Refuses to be complicit with the regime. Whiteness speaking back to whiteness. Oh, my God. I know. Hey, don't do that, white man. (laughs) 
Don't worry. I'm a fellow white. Yes. I can call you out on your whiteness. Yeah. That, again, is also just, you know, lodged solidly into the green column. Yeah, th- th- these are these are good whites. Yes. Then, this is the second best level you could be, is a white traitor. Yes, turn against them. Yes. Actively refuses complicity. Names what's going on. Intention is to subvert white authority and tell the truth at whatever cost. Need them to dismantle institutions. Oh, you got yourself an activist. Yeah. Fight the power. Fight the power. Fight the power, whitey. Hey, white guy. Fight against this white patri- uh, patriarchal, uh, misogynist, oppressive regime. I mean, this is all leaning in a certain direction. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, white guy, you're the only one who could do this because everyone is helpless to help themselves. Yeah, these are all leaning into, uh, we need to tear down the American system is basically what this is. Yeah. You got you to gotta tear it down um, and, and either change or at least manipulate the current whites so that they don't get any ideas up their noggin about uh, trying to maintain this level of power that we've bestowed upon them as having. Because no other person outside of being white has any power anywhere ever in America, obviously. Yeah, Just of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, and fellas, you know, uh, so I can firmly lodge myself in this last category, I'm going to go ahead and let you know, uh, I'm abolishing my whiteness today. I am no longer that so that I can be the best person I can be. I'm not going to be what I actually am. You no longer identify as white? I don't. Look at us. I identify as plaid, sir. Oh, you're Scottish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the eighth level is a white abolitionist. Changing institutions, deman- dismantling whiteness, and not allowing whiteness to reassert itself. Huh. So, to be able to tear down an institution, that would require a little bit of power. Hmm. To be able to, you know, yield, you would have to have some power to yield in order to tear it down. So you would immediately, you're going to be required to lean on um, white power. Man, these guys just can't win. I don't fall into any of those groups. They're trapped in whiteness no matter but how the they do it. the closest that I came, read voyeurism again, read that one again. <laughs> That's, I think, the closest that I came, but I don't would agree it, with the first one. They would not challenge a white supremacist. No, 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 that's not true. I would. Okay. Uh, maybe white privilege is the one, is the ticket for you. Maybe that's the suit no, that no, fits the you the No, the voyeurism one, though, after that. Okay, was- derives non-whiteness because it's interesting, pleasurable, seeks to control the consumption and appropriation of non-whiteness, fascination with culture. Oh, okay. No, then I, yeah. Seeks to control or, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't seek that. No, but maybe, maybe white privilege is the one that snuggles us <laughs> oh so gently. May critique supremacy. Like, hey, don't do that, white guy. You're being a little supreme. These are written so poorly. May critique supremacy, but a deep investment in questions of fairness, equality, under the normalization of whiteness and the white rule. Sworn goal of diversity. 
That is one of the worst written sentences. Now, maybe it's because I speak white <laughs> that this is just written shittily. This is by an uneducated imbecile that's trying to hop on the woke train and they can, they're, they're barely hanging on to the caboose. Are they white or black? I don't know. I don't know. Because it, it, to me, uh, like I said, I don't really fall into any any of the categories. I mean, I heard little bits and pieces of, I mean, I'm not, uh, uh, and, I, and all the ones that are in the racist column are. Uh, this man is not white. <laughs> okay, He's a it? black man. Okay, well, yeah. And, and now uh, I get it. Now it, I get it. And I don't he, think there's any of these descriptions that I would go like a glove. Yeah. So so now you have a black man trying to explain a white man. Okay. So 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 Barner Hess is the associate professor of African American studies, political science, and ding 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 sociology. He has a PhD in government and ideology and discourse analysis. So there the you same go. exact fucking title by the way i after listening to all the fucking shit from that crazy bitch uh d'angelo she also has a phd in ideology and discourse analysis these are two of the same fucking people yeah this is what happens when you have the sociology department trying to act like the actual scientific department and when you got a black man trying to tell white people how white they are that is that's like me trying to tell a black dude how black you are yeah you know you ain't black enough for me yeah uh, what the what the fuck is that? This is uh, that's, uh, th- that shows you what nonsense all of this shit is. Yes, mm-hmm. when you have when uh, that was racist. Yeah, what that black this man just did was racist. You made a chart. He was, he, yes, categorizing <laughs> white people. <laughs> yes, yeah. and you're a black man, so that is racist. But it's it. it We've seen this before. It's called the 1800s. Yeah. In, uh, every century before that. If That's you crazy. Want, if you want to get away from the atrocities of that time, don't repeat the atrocities of that time. It's, it's like we're working backwards, back into that. And uh, this is mind-blowingly fucking retarded. Mm-hmm. And obviously, most of our listeners, if not all of them, knew all of this already. We're not... We're not exposing any great no, no. fucking uh, truth here. We're not uncovering any rocks. It was obvious before. You even mentioned it before we even got into it. Yeah. I'm sure this is going to be some <laughs> of the most retarded <laughs> shit that I've ever heard. Yeah. And I don't. Did we let you down, Doug? Not at all. <laughs> that's that's some retarded shit. But so, th- this this just goes to show this isn't empirical evidence that everybody who is trying to push for you know uh, whatever cause that they're pushing for. Believes every fucking word of this. However, from what I've seen, from looking into a lot of these different activist organizations, this is about 90% of what they believe. And this is what's driving them to take action, to, to, to meet that call to action and go out and t- go into the streets. Case in point today, there was a protest against white supremacy in the name of all of the Asian Americans that have been assaulted due to COVID uh, being in the news. They're, they're saying that white people are out there beating the shit and killing Asian Americans, Chinese Americans, 
due to their inherent racism because of how Donald Trump talked about the virus being the China virus. All of that is bullshit. There has been a spike and assaults against Asian Americans, but it ain't by white people. It's like over 95% black people beating the shit out of and killing Asian Americans. And it's still racist. And it's still racist. Yes. There was a guy who had his face slashed all the fucking way across, damn near cut his, separated his nose from his mouth on the New York subway in Brooklyn the other day by a black man. Right. They are protesting on this Asian American's behalf and saying it is a protest against white supremacy because black people are beating the shit out of and killing Asian Americans in a huge number, huge spike anyway, post-COVID, and they're saying that that is being done by white supremacists. Well, they are lying look, it's like to the, you at this it's point. It's like the black dude walking down the street and nails the fucking old white lady in the face. Or Rick Moranis. Yeah, yeah or Rick Moranis. Same shit. It's, We're supposed it's to ridiculous. not see that. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to not call that racism. Yeah, you don't you don't call that racist because it's a black person being racist against a white person. Well, no, but it, it's even now, worse now, than now, that. Look, now, this this is this, this is this this is what's so fucked up about all of this. There is racism. There is institutional racism. But this ain't it. This is not it. Not even close. This, and 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 for you to for people to point out, it's it's like look over there, not here. It's like look look over there. Don't look at what's happening here. Look over and, and there. If, if, if and if you look at what's happening here, that's racism because right. you're looking mm-hmm. for a black right. criminal, right? Which is obviously what a racist would do, right? So if you even bring it up, no, 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 no. That that that's a that is a minority oppressed man acting out because of the system is right. against him, right? Make every excuse possible for actual criminality, uh, and at the same time blame it on white people. He's only acting out like this because he's not white. Yeah, and this is not a, that's not the way to address racism. That's not the way to address institutional racism. All of the everything that they do, like I said, it, it, it ain't gonna happen until all these old fucks die. That's that's what it is. It's it the, still ain't gonna the go people, away. No, no, I'm not saying it's gonna go away. No, I but don't. I'm talking about in government, in in, in actions that government takes are gonna change drastically. Once all of the people are my age or younger, when that happens and it's coming, it's coming pretty quick. You know, they're going to, they're going to start dying. Mitch McConnell, I wouldn't think he's got more than five, 10 years left. I mean, so in, in that period of time, in the next 10 to 15 years, all of the people that I'm talking about should be gone. Yeah. They should be gone off this planet. And if they're not, and they're still in power, and they're 92 fucking years old, uh, that's just on the fucking people that voted them in. So if you're that stupid and you want to keep fucking voting them in, go ahead. I got you. What you're addressing is old-fashioned racism. Yeah, yes. Traditional racism. but True racism. They're not... They're, they're changing the narrative. In that's front- what I'm saying. It's them trying to make themselves they're pointed they are, at everybody. My whole point is... They're changing the narrative in front of all of our eyes. Yes. For what they want the future of racism to be. Right. They are shifting the gate so that the train that we're all on called time goes down a different track. Right. Mm -hmm. Government is what they use. It's a tool that 
they use. Government is downstream from culture. Right. What they're trying to do right now is change the culture so that eventually they will affect government. Right. It's already happening because you're having young dipshits get voted in as these old fucks die off, and they're no better because they're believing this bullshit. Right. Yes. What yeah. this is is just as bad as what you uh, mentioned by the old school racism. Right. They they won't allow this to just naturally transition into everybody learning to live together and understanding that there's always going to be pockets of unnecessary treatment from one group of people against another group. That's never not going to be there. Yeah. yeah. But instead of just allowing to uh, allowing themselves to accept life as it naturally fucking is, and also see how far people are willing to move away from that naturally without all this force and doctrination and and bullshit fiction they say no 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 that's never that's never going to be what we want because we won't be able to control what's happening this is this is just another way of fighting for power they're just they're hedging their bets for the future they're they're getting all this out here now knowing that we're going to shake it off mock it we're not going to buy into it because it's not for us. All right. It's for the Zoomers and the young millennials and the generations behind them. They're trying to normalize this shit by being so brazen and putting it out there, knowing that it's going to get hit by people like us because we're not the ones they're trying to change. Right. They're trying to change people that aren't even here yet by it's just, normalizing it's this It's just shit. amazing to me that a politician hasn't come along and uh, to talk about... Uh, where how far we've come instead of where we're headed you know uh, uh, as a country i mean and this has only happened in 50 years I 60 think I, years i think i can answer I mean, that i think i can answer that it's the the to, as far as a country we've come so fucking far and uh, like i've said this before the 80s to me uh, as far as dealing with people and races and partying and every the 80s were the shit it was the shit mm -hmm. now at the same time the 80s is what caused all of this shit that's happening now with the crack shit that i've talked about before yeah. that that uh, caused a lot of what's going on now if we could just go back to like 84 <laughs> you know 1984 you, you would see a completely different uh, as far as the racist the the races getting along the races you know being able to, to see see that things. that's interesting to me because um well first of all I can I can explain if a politician comes out and talks about the good things everyone will just shit on him and say he's just saying what he's got to say to get votes and oh if you're only going to if you're going to talk about the good things you're not even you're not even addressing the bad things and they only want to bring up the bad a politician can't win anyway so that's why they default to being negative that's my antidote but right. It's interesting to me that you say the 80s were the good time because to me, and, and I got a point that I'm going to get to here, to me, the best time racially in this country was post-OJ, like, I'm talking like years post-OJ, right, so like right. 97 to like 2010, right, a right. year before, or whatever, a year before Trayvon right. was. To me, that time, race was never, was never a, a, a thing. There were no protest riots. There were no videotapes. There were no like Rodney King riots. There were no OJ Simpson shit. It was 
it was to me that was normal until when Trayvon Martin hit. I was like, why the fuck are we all of a sudden screeching this thing to the race side? It, it, a white guy wasn't even involved. Why is this all of a sudden white man kills black man? It's like, why? That's where I couldn't understand why they were doing it. I, I now know why. Mm-hmm. It's because this has been a work in progress for decades because this is what they want the conversation to go to because some small groups of powerful people have decided it's time for the white man to feel a little bit of pain instead right. of just allowing everybody to ease up into, you know, prosperity or an easier life or uh, uh, good times. Nah, we got to keep the people divided mm-hmm. because if everybody has it too good, they're going to start questioning why we're here and we're here to solve problems. And if there's no problems, our time is up. And so the people that can control the lever of power will gladly sacrifice its own people. We saw it in Cuomo in order for them to retain their power. This is just another example, another facet of that. And that's why, that's why I think all this is happening. That's how, that's the lens in which I see it in. I'll mock it for the absurd sentences that she uses in the phrasing, Mm -hmm. but I see this as a much bigger decades long process that is plain as fucking day to me. America's time is up, and the way that it's been going, they don't want that anymore. It's time to throw that shit out and and rebuild, build back better, great reset, all that shit, equity, meritocracy is going to be gone. It's it's all reverting to some weird fucking shit that we we're not going to be familiar with because it has not existed in our lifetime, and this will affect everybody. Sure. Black Americans aren't really keen on any of this bullshit either. Yeah. Well, I, they shouldn't be. No, no. Because they know that there's... Everyone's aware now of the blowback uh, theory. You push anything too hard in one direction, you, you, you try to force this shit on people, it's, you're going to have unintended consequences. And you're not going to be able to account for all of them. And you're going to radicalize very normal, decent people into being very indecent and very not normal ways when you try to instill this kind of shit when it's nothing that anybody wanted. Mm -hmm. The only people that they're winning over with this shit are academics who don't know the fucking real world and young people who don't know the real world. Everybody that's actually out there living and working in peace and harmony and got things that they've got to produce so that their family eats and that they survive you know normal biological shit they don't give a fuck about no. any of this no none of it no. and and that's my that's that's why i say you know if dude if i was a politician i'd just point out all the good shit i mean i would uh, it's uh, we've we've had nothing but negative shit yeah. in this country for since since 9-11 really yeah i mean it's been nothing but negative 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 all the way down the fucking line. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like these are symptoms of a nation doing well. Or at least not a nation that is going to be doing well for much longer. No. And that's that's a real fucking shame. It's a bummer. Because it is. we've even said, like we just said in this episode, a volcano can take us out. Yellow, yeah. Yellowstone could blow and we're all fucking done. A meteor could come and just go, lights out. 
And this is the shit that as a society, we want to spend any fucking ounce of time. I know. I know. It's such, it's like, go outside. Today was a beautiful day. Yep. Yep. Go outside. Mm-hmm. Enjoy some time with friends. Don't worry about this dumb shit that sadly it will confront you. And we're only bringing this up for, cause hopefully it's a little bit uh, entertaining, but also to be aware of it. Don't be so blind that you don't see this train coming at you because it'll mollywop you. Yeah, I mean, it'll fucking T-bone your ass right into not knowing what the fuck happened. So I'm not obsessed with this. I don't watch the news 24-7. In fact, you know, really, ever since Trump left, I have not been hardly watching any news. Mainly, it's just boring. They're not talking about anything. Yeah. They're not covering anything of any value. Vaccines. I mean. Vaccines. Have you got your vaccine? Yeah. It, A, it's just bad TV. Uh, and B, nothing, nothing is is happening except for this kind of dumb. So, shit. Uh, th- th- and that's what's so crazy, man. News used to. There's news all the time. Yeah. There's shit happening. They're just not telling us what's happening. Correct. They're, sure. they're, they're just telling us what they want to tell us. And so, that's man. Yeah. I I, I just I give up. I give so, up on this on this uh, this experiment we call America. So you know, I'll keep my eyes open for crazy shit like this uh that I, I do think it's important to know that it's happening because i i see it as a as a clear and present danger for the harmony that this country potentially could have and i i think that somebody that at least is aware of what's happening can make educated decisions um if need be when this when you get caught in these crosshairs because this will not be a forgiving way of thinking all the shit that we covered. There no. is no, there's no level or message of peace in any of this, by the way. There's no, this is working on getting us to a better place. No, it's all derived from divisiveness, self-hatred, yeah. guilt, negative feelings, feeling bad about things that you can't control. This is a, this is a destructive mindset to carry with you. And I want to laugh at it. And I want to mock it. And we will. Mock it. Yeah. And that's, that's where our show's around for. Yeah. And we'll be back uh, sometime in the future for a different take on the weird world that is. And next, the segment that keeps on giving. Here comes a I got nothing. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Uh, Is writer's block uh, fully came through? I had actual writer's block for the writer's block. I'm glad we could live up to the name. (laughs) What do you got, Dougie? I got a little uh, rest in peace uh, on a sadder note. Mr. Rupert Knave. A lot of people don't know who he is, but if you've ever heard a song, he pretty much, uh, he he had something to do with it. Rupert Knave. Rupert Knave. he started in electronics in the, I think it was the late 30s, early 40s, and he started building mixing boards in the late 50s and early 60s, and he actually built mixing boards for the Beatles and built mixing boards for everyone behind the Beatles. I mean, you can just imagine. And anyway, he is a legendary um electronics genius his preamp um known as the neve 1073 
is probably the probably the greatest preamp ever ever made as far as a solid state preamp. Now what people don't understand a preamp is what you plug a microphone into before it goes onto tape. And it's what gives it its, it's juice. what gives it its character. Yeah. It's it's what it, whether you stick that microphone in front of a guitar amp, in front of a bass, on a drum, or if you're singing. Anytime you plug a microphone into a different preamp, it's gonna sound different. The ten seventy three is magical. The thing is a fucking it's legendary. Um but anyway, I had to I had to bring that up because He's meant more to music than anyone will ever know. He's the well, man behind the curtain. And, and he and he lived to the ripe old age of ninety four. Damn. He did wow. he lived a long life. He had a good life. And uh actually if you if you watch the movie Sound City, mm-hmm. um Dave Grohl buys the console from Sound City. Yep. That is a Rupert Nave console. Mm-hmm. It's a great it's documentary. A by the way. That is fantastic. That is a hand-built Rupert Nave console, mm-hmm. hand-wired. Everything he built, he built that console. So, yeah, if you, if anybody has a chance to see that documentary, it's definitely great. check it out. Sound it's City, oh, it's, awesome. It's, it's awesome. Insane. It's all yeah. about this console. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's about the magic of this one mixing board. And, and the people that have recorded everybody on it. wanted to use yeah. yes well and obviously we're gonna say again to him rest in peace but in the spirit of talking about how one thing can make other things sound different uh uh doug i you you had a little bit of an announcement for us yeah and uh, well i got one more us. announcement too rush yeah. limbaugh did die didn't he yes he did okay yeah so i can't do a rush a legend, that was a bad rush yeah. a legend in his own mind died yeah um, yeah, but he, hey, he was a legend for thirty years. I'll give it to you, Rush. You did, yeah. you know, you did good. But uh, hardly agreed with anything you ever said. But it's okay. He was good at the thing he did. He yeah. was very good at the thing he did. So rest in peace, Rush Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Rupert Nave. And now I will do my announcement. <laughs> uh, I have decided to step away from the podcast. For the next probably three weeks. And don't get too excited. I'm not leaving. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just very, it's temporary. And my band, for those of you who know that I'm in a band, uh, we're writing material for, re- for our first album, basically. And... got to stay focused. Yes, and, and some of my material has... Uh, tended to be on the political side. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of your writing has spilled from it, the podcast from, into it, well, your musical at, world. At, that is the that's the theory, anyway. So, <laughs> so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm just going to take a break from it. So, uh, for the next couple of three weeks, you won't be hearing me on the podcast. You will still be hearing the podcast, uh, which I told that nothing's going to change. Jim and Arona will still be here. I just won't. Yeah. And, uh, but I will be back. I'm coming back. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, just I, ain't leaving. To, I just wanted to throw that out there because I just got a lot of shit going on. Yeah. And yeah. if, if the next few episodes sound a little different, it's because, uh, we're going to, we might be experimenting on, uh, different recording locations and different setups. And 
I might try to take the training wheels off and see if I can ride this big wheel. Um, and, and hopefully not steer it off a fucking cliff. <laughs> Part of me wants the challenge anyway. I, it, it's, uh, it, it may sound like absolute hot shit and we don't even put the episode out. And then I come right back down here and I ask Doug for his forgiveness and see if he can hit record for me. <laughs> oh, no. Like, like well, I said, if you, if you guys want to do it here, that's fine. Yep. I got no problem with that. But if you want to experiment, go ahead, do that, whatever. I think it'd be a cool opportunity just to throw shit at the wall. Fuck it. There you go. We haven't even been doing this a year. Might as well. I think we've been doing it long enough to take some chances. How about that? <laughs> just audience, you know, if somebody asks why we did such a thing, don't change it to... Doug took some time off so Arona and Jim could experiment. <laughs> hey, think what you think. Hey, don't fuck this up. <laughs> don't fuck this up. Nah. Yeah, I mean, I'll be back in the middle of March, somewhere around there. So, yeah, that's what's going on. Well, good luck on the writing, Dougie. Yes. Yeah. I cannot fucking wait for this to come out. And we Just, have we have some video stuff coming up. We've got, uh, there's some shit Things going. in the works. Yes, mm. there's shit in the fire. And... <laughs> As someone who has uh, listened in a time or two on a few jam sessions and worked on a few little things with you, Doug, uh, production-wise, I want this to be everything that y'all want it to be because it's fucking incredible. Cool. Appreciate it. Yeah. Melodic adrenaline to the core. so, So you got full support from the two other of us and, uh, the Ignore the Rant family. I can't wait to hear it and take all the time you need. We'll handle this side. All right, right. You handle that side. And when uh, when it's time to release it out to the people, we'll push it as hard as we can. Yeah, I hear you. That's what we're here for, brother. Oh. All right. On that note, we'll see you next week in some form or fashion. Yeah, and I'll see you in March. <laughs> so uh, try not to be so white out there, people. We'll talk to you later. Mm-hmm.